Good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. And today is new press box day. Look at that. Fresh, hot, piping sports coverage. We've got you. You need something to read while you're sitting on the toilet? This is one of the problems that I have, toilet related. Take my phone in there with me. I could end up in there for 30 minutes. I just forget that I was in there. You're like, there was a purpose to what I was doing. I just end up, this is this is more fitting. Because it's not infinite. It's just a perfect amount of reading. There you go. Right there in the new print issue of Press Box. If you'd prefer, you can put it down on a table in two months. When you're cracking crabs and you need something to use in order to cover up. But for now, it's tremendous reading. Whatever you end up doing with it later, that's your business. I I don't come to your house. I don't stare at what it is that you're doing through the curtains. Not since the restraining order, anyway. Go get it right now. Um, A special feature section about uh, the 2024 Orioles. Some college lacrosse coverage in there as well. Some advice that uh, press box personalities have for uh, incoming Orioles owner David Rubenstein about how to steward this franchise. It's all inside this print issue of press box, which will be available today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Coming up on the program today, uh, allegedly Drew Forrester is joining us in the studio. Boy, that would just be a real shame if it didn't work out. A little bit later on, he'd be bummed because John Feinstein's going to join us. Uh, we'll get some uh, Lefty Drizelle memories from John Feinstein. I'm sure Drew will ask him something stupid about golf that I won't remotely care about. There he is. Um, but John Feinstein will join us a little bit later on. Also this morning, we'll catch up with... Ben Verlander from Fox Sports. Get his thoughts on where the Orioles sit, pitching-wise in particular, and we'll catch up with former Ravens cornerback Gary Baxter will join us this morning. I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea what this prepared shtick is. Doing anything. I'm just (sighs) officiating in this Big Ten. Oh, yeah? Did you bet Maryland? Joke. Wait, they covered, didn't they? They did cover. Yeah, they covered. Why would you be mad? They covered. I took us on, I took us on the money line. Well, why in God's name would you do that? Because I thought we were going to win. Well, that, that's, you have a problem. You have a it's problem. Unbelievable. What, okay. Just call it the end of the game. I'll, I'll keep this over here. Thank you. Uh, there there yeah, he goes. We, we, had him. <laughs> we had him. We had him for oh, two minutes. The concert calendar. People kept asking me why it was that I was nervous about doing a show on the radio with Drew. This... Right here. The concert calendar. This. It took, he arrived at 10.03, and at 10.04, I'm still despondent about Already trying to do something else. About last night. What? You can't actually care. About our Terps. Your Terps. <laughs> what do you mean, our? Although they get Derek Queen, I'm back in. Back in. Are they getting him? They're going to open up the, got to open yeah, up the wallet a little well, bit. They got to open up the wallet for bet. They opened up the wallet last year, and what do they have to show for? Yeah. It? They open up the wallet to keep Jameer Young around. 
He's been great, by the way. And nobody's complaining about Jameer. Uh, he Young. wasn't that great in the second half last night. I can't believe he watched. But he, but he was good in the, in the last four minutes. By the way, for a minute, I actually had the game on in the first half. And then I remember there was a soccer match last night. I'm like, there's no chance I'm staying for the end of the It doesn't matter. Why Did would you, I stay? Have you watched? They hung in there. Um, great. They've done that a lot. What is that? What do they have to show for it? Have you watched the Netflix Under Pressure? No, I have, you not, watch I have it? not watched that yet. I it was not. good. I mean, it, it was a little weird in that you obviously I, you that's knew. That's the problem that I have with it is like. You, I, you knew how it was going to end and you knew, you, you know, you knew they did such a good job of promoting Rapino that you, you kind of were, I was waiting. I'm like, okay, how are you guys going to wiggle out of this when she misses Mm-hmm. The kick. Mm-hmm. How are you going to wiggle out of it? And I, I look. I thought overall it was the sh- they did a nice job. I don't think they did a great job of showing either showing or hinting at the sort of strife that occurs between the girls who are married and and the girls who aren't. If you know what I mean. And there's a division in the within okay. the club there. Okay. They they dance around that. You know they don't want. They show the locker room as like one big happy family, and it was far from that. And they didn't do a good job of that. But I thought overall it was very interesting. There's a there's a problem in this era of sports documentaries where the subjects aren't. You have to commit to doing it ahead of time. Only to, like this thing they're doing with the Red Sox this year. Why would anyone want to watch a documentary series about a mid baseball team? Right. What is interesting right. about that? Right. The answer is, in their mind, well, that's the team that would say yes. Well, they, 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 right. And they also knew with, with this particular show, um, and like Christy Mewis is an example. I, mm-hmm. I, they, they, you know, they tried to showcase her for a variety of reasons. They assumed she was a lock to make the team. She turned out to not be a lock to make the team. And and that dovetailed perfectly into the whole story of, like, these these 30 women are, are trying to make the team. We're going to find two or three of them who are fringe players, Lynn Williams or whoever. And they knew one of two things was going to happen. They were either going to win the whole thing, which would make for a great story, or they were going to lose. And depending on how they wanted to show it, they might have been able to show it in a in a terrible way. I mean, not terrible way, but like, oh my gosh, here's what happened. Here's how they fell apart. Yeah. And they tried to blame it on the coach. Yeah. You could clearly they tried to make the coach out to be the scapegoat. Um, and I thought it was very compelling, even though I knew the even though I yeah, knew the finish. I, I'm not saying I'll never watch it. I'd say my interest in that team was what we talked about last summer. I think they committed to saying to this group of players that might have been past their prime, "You've done everything for us, so we're going to keep riding with you," despite the fact that the answer probably should have been go younger and say to that group of players, "The time has passed." Like, if we want to win the World Cup, we can't win it with you. Well, the irony is... But they felt like they kind of owed it to that group of players to keep sticking it out with them, and it cost them. And there's some argument... You and I talk about this with Ovechkin all the time. There's some argument that they they, they did owe it to that group of players. So even if we lose this World Cup, you've created so much for this program that we're going to let you go ahead and have this. And this is the Landon Donovan conversation from years ago about leaving him off him off the team. And 
ultimately they ended up succeeding a little bit more. So I don't think that that ended up being one that you would think back on too much that proved to be maybe the right decision to leave Landon Donovan off the team. But I, 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 that's the only part of them that's really all that interesting to me. Otherwise, I don't really have any interest in reliving it because they just weren't very good. So I, this is – I don't care. Yeah, they had a weird – I mean, you kind of forget – you know the way the whole thing transpired. They they won three nothing over Vietnam. That a team they should should have could have would have beat nine nothing. Mm-hmm. They played the Netherlands to a one one tie, and then they didn't score against Portugal. And that that was the like <laughs> of, of all the things that losing one losing in the Sweden. They didn't score a goal again. Right. The irony of the whole thing was the the players in question, meaning the older group, right. Rapino, Morgan, O'Hara, and Haran. Uh, of that, the 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 irony of the whole thing was, in the end, he went with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan failed to score despite having a number of chances against Portugal and a number of ch- great chances. Failed to score, then didn't score in the first you know whatever minutes against Sweden, and then he pulled her, so she didn't get to take penalty kicks. Right. She had a number of chances in that game, didn't score. Um, Haran, of course, had the goal against the Netherlands after she got in the pushing match with the girl. Then he didn't play her. Rapino came in, gave him 15 decent minutes, and then missed the penalty kick. Like, and then Kelly O'Hara missed the one that right. effectively right. cost him. Um, the and and the, and those three of those four, because Morgan was a pretty staunch supporter of Vladko. The other three were clearly the most critical of him, and they were the ones that got in. That's the funniest part. Like They were the ones that he trusted in the end. They were the older group that right. you were just talking yeah. about. He trusted them and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go down. I'm gonna go win down. or yeah. lose with you. Yep. And he kind of said that in the post-game press conference. If I had to do it all over again, I would let Megan Rapino take that kick. Like he trusted them, and then they were the first ones to squash him. That's the funniest part. It's the reality, and right. And now, obviously, he stepped down. But he, I tell you what, though, the girl Moultrie, that girl, they, is, they, they that have girl's legit. The current group, and you know, they're the current group. And she had a couple goals last night, or at least one, maybe she had two. two. Yeah. Um, this current group now, Morgan played last night, but she only played because the girl busted right. up her knee the, right. a couple days before. Um, the this current group. Of players, the younger players, is very promising, very promising. But uh, the world, the world has definitely oh, caught up to one hundred percent. Close the gap, no question. The the, no the question. days of it just being the U.S. is going to the semifinal or final, yep. like those days are done. Yep, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt. But that was fun last night. It was way more fun than watching Maryland basketball last night. I watched the yeah until we got jobbed at the end. I said I didn't watch Maryland basketball because why would I? Look, I saw the foul that everybody's talking about. It's hilarious. I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. But I just don't care. The game didn't matter. I, I this it, is this is a like charge before that too. I, on, this is the DHS. thing. Was, I, I say the same thing both ways. I, you can't get me to watch preseason hoops. You can't get me to watch games of teams that don't matter. I just can't do it. No, I you don't. Should be ashamed of yourself. Should I? Should it's the state, it does matter. Should, uh, it's the state. No, matters for Wisconsin. It's the state team. Probably still. How old is that uh, the um, the crawl guy? Thirty eight. Who? <laughs> uh, Crow, Steve Stephen Crowell. Yeah, Crowell. Oh, yeah. Thirty eight. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they always have one of those. He's been there. I think Brad Davis is still there. Brad Davis is still there. He came. I went to the game the one year when <laughs> fully bald. This is like four years ago when Wisconsin won by a point when Maryland was no good and Wisconsin was good. And and it was one of those Wisconsin was up by 10, up by 9, up by 7. All of a sudden, Maryland's in the game. Wisconsin won by a point. He ran by right down where I was standing with Dale the near the press area. Davison ran by. He looked fifty. Correct. I'm pretty sure he is. He looked P. J. Ellis and he looked uh, Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis. He looked there it is. fifty. Because yeah. yep. the other kid, the shooter, was still with him then. The kid that went to play for the, I think he he wound up playing with the Wizards. No. Yeah, you know who the kid for Wisconsin. It was a really good shooter. Which um, the kid from Wisconsin, uh, Dave, uh, Davis. Maybe. Johnny Davis? Johnny Davis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Davis made it in the league, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Didn't he play for Washington? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I mean, that's technically... I, I had two games easy. with the Wizards, so, I mean, yeah. anybody. <laughs> if I could play, anybody. He's still play. there. Wow. Is he really? Yeah, he's still with the Wizards. Uh, well, I mean, he probably nope, doesn't. take it back. <laughs> take it back. He's not really still there, no. I couldn't believe that. Johnny Davis was... Are we going... Are we going to Merriweather at all? Well, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Have you seen the date? Have you seen who's coming? Well, I'm definitely going to a handful of shows this summer. I'm definitely going to um, Third Eye Blind Yellow Card. I'm doing that one for sure. I'm doing... Okay. I'll probably end up going to OAR because Mrs. Clark will want to go to OAR. When is that? I'm going. Uh, That is... What What did we do? Why do I let him do this? I lo- when is it? I'm marking it on my when calendar is... right now. OAR is uh, July 27th. July 27th. Day of the week is it? Oh, it's a Saturday. In fact, I'll definitely go to Hootie and the Blowfish. Right, read me the schedule. We, I'm not reading the entire Merriweather schedule. We're not doing that. Oh, you know what show I'm going to? I thought to? they were a sponsor. They are, but I can't just... So you're going to badmouth the sponsor? No, I'm not going to badmouth them. I love Merriweather. I will spend mm-hmm. many Sounds nights like... this summer there. I'm just not going to read the schedule. Sounds to me like you're badmouthing. Oh, my God. I'll look myself, since you don't want to do it. I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to Lake Street Dive, for sure. That's nah. at the end of the... Pass on They're that. great. They're tremendous. I'll go to Mount Joy. I'll do that. Are we? Can we bat? Um, if I see, are we allowed to bash or no? No, don't. Th- what is your deal? What? <laughs> what has gotten into you? Is this because you're still mad about your performance in Dead or Alive the other day? Oh, you've, you've been you've been I dodging could, you've I been dodging I, questions about I think that. I hit four hundred. You did, which in baseball would be tremendous, but in Dead or Alive, it's a very disappointing performance. What's gotten into you? What what is what oh, is Oh, Pixies and Modest Mouse. Yeah, there is that. Uh-huh. I, I I would potentially be interested in that. Okay. Sarah McLaughlin, no thanks. Alanis. Reading the Merryweather well, Merryweathermusic.com to find out who's coming to Merryweather Post Pavilion this summer. Happy to have them on board. Love Merryweather. Oh, Fitz and the Tantrums. They're playing with OAR, yes. Oh. They used I'm, to make good music and then they kind of stopped. I'm in for that. Get us some tickets for that. Get us some tickets. I'll just, I'll just do that. I'll just get us some tickets. I thought you knew the guys. I knew who? OAR. One of the guys in the oh, band. I probably could get it. I take it back. I probably could get OAR. Well, this is a week schedule. Son of a bitch. Would you not say that? So far. Would you? What is? What is your deal? All time lows coming. Yes. First time they've ever headlined Merriweather. Very big. Oh, deal. really? Very big deal for them. Very big. Seventy-five dollars. What do you get to eat dinner with them? <laughs> what on earth? All right. This was fun. Let's talk sports. Should we? <laughs> Why would we start? So well, what, I got two concerts I'm going to so far. Yeah, that's what you got. I'm excited. Anything else that you had prepared for today? Nope. No, it's not no. my show. You want to go see no. Creed, Drew? No. Who? You want to go see Creed? No. Oh, Griffin on. lost a bit. Now you're going to go back to reading the magazine? No, 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 no. I'm taking it with me. Okay. Very good. 
I don't know what's happening here, but I don't care for Jeremy it. Jeremy using a picture from like when he was 24. Just stop. Jeremy's 40 now. Using a picture from when he was 24. And railroads everything. I'm going to start with Would You Rather Wednesday. All right, let's do it. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Goose Flights Lager available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, all the Glory Days Grill locations in the state of Maryland. One ninety-eight from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation. It's a delicious beer, collector's can, the whole thing. Available right now, your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Also available in cans at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton, as well as Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Available in cans and Sixers at the Costas Inn in Dundalk and at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. And available in six-packs and cases at the Wine Source in Hamden. Pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights in order to find out more. Of course, Glory Days Grill also right now. It's that time of year. They've got the fish fry available, the fish sandwich, all outstanding at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. So the first question I have in Would You Rather Wednesday all right. is, ver- is very basic, but okay. it discusses a topic that is uh, relevant locally. Okay. Would you rather the Baltimore Ravens sign Derrick Henry this offseason or no matter what the money is, it's better spent elsewhere? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really interested in Derrick Henry. I'm kind of blown away by how hot the Derrick Henry conversation has gotten. People people want Derrick Henry? I don't I that's the part that I can't figure out. So far on Would You Rather Wednesday, they don't. Okay. Good. It's wild to me how much buzz there is surrounding Derrick Henry and where it started from. The DraftKings uh, has their Derrick has odds. You can bet on where Derrick Henry's going to play next season. And they have the Ravens as a plus 200 favorite, followed by the Eagles at plus 400. Um, we saw that Jeremy Fowler of ESPN suggested the Ravens, based on his reporting, will look for a running back, quote, of pedigree, unquote, this offseason. I'm blown away. How old's Derek Henry? 32? 29. Oh, is he? Yeah, 29. Well, for okay. a running back. That's Yeah, that's old. Now, let's not pretend like Derrick Henry is, like, falling apart. Yeah, I mean, he's not chopped liver. He's not um, – who was the retread they brought in last year? It was De- in any of them. Devontae um, – Devontae Freeman. Freeman. He's not those guys. I'm blown away by how much smoke there is right now with Derrick Henry. Not to say that any of it is real. It could all be nothing more than Derrick Henry's – uh, representatives trying to find him a home, and so he just turned thirty. By the way, so we got rid of not got rid of, but failed to offer Gus any anything yesterday. Everybody's presupposing he's not going to be back. That it, it is. It's a weird situation with that group of guys. Where like you can still sign them, but it kind of doesn't make sense to sign them after this deadline because they're going to already cost you dead money. If you were going to sign them, why wouldn't why you? Why wouldn't already, you have just done it? Yes. Right. Um, and then you got to come back from the knee injury, and you got Dobbins. Well, you don't have Dobbins. Right, Dobbins. I'm saying you, yeah. you you have him at your disposal, but you got to no, sign a, him. He's a, right, right, correct. but you got to sign him. Um, yeah, they need running backs. I just don't think Derrick Henry. I wouldn't be spending a gazillion dollars on Derrick Henry. Well, that's the thing. I, I get the sense that some of this is Derrick Henry's not going to cost you all that much money. Okay, like, well, there's then, just not a big okay, market. Okay, then but I'd listen to that. that. That This is where I come back to. I don't know that it's even worth spending a little bit of money at running back right now. Right. Like when okay. the, the other flip side so of the So what do you do? Draft them? Essentially. Yeah. The flip, Undraft them. Or, yeah, <laughs> do what you did with Keaton Mitchell. The flip side of the conversation is whatever the money is, no matter what it is, 
I, I just feel like running back at this point in the Lamar Jackson era. Let him do it. Is Right, thank you. Is going to have to be the position where you say, we're not spending money there. Like, we're just not. If you were spending money, why not sign Gus Edwards? I don't think Gus Edwards is going to break the bank in free agency. If you were going to spend a little bit of money, the answer somebody would say is because they don't give him the ball anyway, right? Hilarious. I get it. But, like, if if that's the case, then why do you spend the money on any running back? Like, I, I'm just so... Just, just draft three of them and move on. That's sort of where I am at this point. That I, I, to me, it's a nice luxury. And if you get to like the end of the market, and somehow Derrick Henry is still sitting there, with, desperate to find a home, and you're like, well, we've already spent all the money on the real players that we're going to spend. Right. And, you know, it, it turns out we budgeted this. Who weird. are the five best running backs in the league right now? McCaffrey. Chubb. McC- well, McCaffrey's one. Okay. Yes. McCaffrey's definitively one. Okay. Chubb, if he's healthy. Okay. You you never know. Right. Taylor probably still. Fred Taylor? Yes, Plays for Fred Jacksonville? Taylor. Fred Taylor. Hell of a player. <laughs> Hell of a player. Um, um, I would put Josh Jacobs pretty high. Yeah, but, you know, like this is the problem. Just a pure running back. Like, like I, all of this group. So I don't know who the five are, but the group of, like, really high-level running backs. All right, here backs we go. Is, Saquon. Is Barkley. McCaffrey, obviously, is there's, – there's, there's a clear separation after one. There's Barkley. There's Chubb. There's Taylor. Kamara is still in that conversation. You brought up Jacobs. I know Eckler had a down year last year, but he's still probably the closest thing there is to Who's McCaffrey. Who's the dude in Pittsburgh? Oh, Harrett, Najee Harris. Eckler. He stinks. He's, he was okay. I wouldn't put Eckler up there anymore. You're mad about that because you're a fantasy football player. Well, uh, he's also 30 now. Like, but that again, then you're just doing the bit where nobody can be on the list. I agree with. Uh, well, then, Griffin. like, like well, if that's I mean, your like, answer. Yeah, is there kinda. are no good running backs? Then, but you Aaron have to Jones. separate. Aaron Jones is in that conversation 100. percent Um. <laughs> The, pr- the funny thing is the two rookies from last year, I think, should be in the conversation, but I don't know. Their teams did not yeah, use Jameer them. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, I guess. I thought Jameer Gibbs proved that he, he had a was, good year. Yep. He's in that conversation. But John Robinson should be in the conversation, but... Pacheco. Pacheco was good. Kyron Williams was really good last year. Kyron right, so then going, where were they all picked? Right. Correct. I mean, like the, the all two, over. the like, two yeah. guys, that all, were, all over. The is two the guys answer. that were picked in the first round last year were specifically picked in order to manipulate the system, in order to say, we want these guys for five years and never sign them. We're going to run the hell out of them for five years and, then, and then they're gone. That was the point of picking two running backs in the first round. It's almost this weird, like we think there's now a market inefficiency here because we can get a fifth year of an inexpensive running back. And never pay him any money after that. Right. So the two guys that were picked in the first round were almost specifically picked for the purpose of never paying a running back. Right. I, I, I hate being this guy because I do think that this team has – they're going to run the ball. Like, that's who they are. It's in their DNA, except for the AFC Championship game. Like, for whatever reason, except for when it yeah, matters. Yeah, we didn't run it then, I heard. Yeah. When it, other than the games when it matters I most. I think I heard. Right. Did we not run it yeah. in that game? Yeah, not uh, not really. Other when, than when the games matter the most, they like to run the ball. Again, it's a weird. Right. Don't know how to handle that. So you would think that you'd want to have a pretty good running back on the field if that were going to be the case. But I just think the reality is if you're measuring that against any other need the team might have, I'm going to say I think that other thing is – I would rather spend the money there. I'd rather you go get another corner. I'd rather you go get another edge a, rusher. A guard or tackle. I, 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 there's nothing. I'm the same way. I mean, I just 
I, I don't know what constitutes a lot of money in the NFL. Is it two million a year, four million a year, eight million? I don't know what that is. But I, I, I wouldn't give Derrick Henry a lot of money. But I wouldn't mind having Derrick Henry on the team. I, he, he's still they're still treading on his tires. He's not a 2022 uh, Tesla. He's more like a 2019. But he can still run. He can still. He's still useful. If if Derrick Henry costs you a league minimum, you'd take him yeah, 100%, he's, uh, but he's not going to do that. Yeah. Right. He's going to cost you. I mean, you that's, a, that would be embarrassing almost. Yes, but that's kind of where we are with running backs at this point. Like, well, they barely make more than that when they're actually good. I mean, this is the reality of the circumstance. Right. I don't know what the market's going to be for Derrick. I really Mama, don't. Mama, don't teach him to be running backs. 100% yeah, do right. anything else. And I'm convinced that the running back position will die in my lifetime. That it'll just be you have wide receivers and some. It'll be the Debo Samuel thing. You say to a certain wide receivers, "You're going to run it gonna six run, times. You're going to run the ball sometimes. Right. That that's the way the running back position will. Like we try to do with go. Duvernay. Kinda, except he didn't really. They weren't like straightforward. But just, and Flowers, like, we did it with him too. But like, they're going to do it like the Debo. At one point in the AFC Championship game, Flowers had more rush attempts than anybody else did on the team. That did happen. I, but Debo, they just line up in the backfield and they have him run between the tackles. Right. I think that eventually you will take a. A wide receiver, a tight end with that type of... You'll be relying on the quarterback more. Physical frame, your quarterbacks will run more, and there won't be a running back position anymore. There'll be a pass catcher, a scat back type, but you won't have a true running back in football within 25 years. Not bad for a quarter running back. A quarter running back, right? Yeah, there you go. You nailed it. You you feel good about that one? (laughs) That one was the one you worked on. Not bad for a quarter running back. Um, So, yeah, I'm in the... I just, I, I don't think you spend any money at all. Okay. At running back anymore. I'm, I'm just. I think we sort of kind of agree. Uh, if they could get Henry and he's cheap, I say take him. But if but you want to draft, but I wouldn't do it in the first two weeks to, of free agency. Okay. Like that would be a you get to June, and I'm not opposed to Josh Jacobs either. Who I keep telling Josh Jacobs badly wants to be a Raven. It's weird. What about Corey Dillon? I don't think Corey Dillon would be the guy. I don't he played think. for he played for a he bunch of teams. He killed the Ravens. Right. He was really good against the Ravens. Right. So I get the idea, but right. uh, I don't think that's going to be the answer. Um, I'm not opposed to Josh. I'm not opposed to these guys being on the team, but at the end of free agency, after you've addressed all of the real needs, and then you're sitting there looking and being like, "Huh, wow, they're still out there." Okay. All right. I guess we'll do that. Number two. Number two. I hope it's easier than that one. That one was difficult. Well, you blathered on about it for. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. You sure you don't have to be over at the rectory? <laughs> you 11, sure 11, I do about eleven twenty, but I'm good. Eleven thirty. Oh, you're gonna after admit. we're done with Finey. <laughs> Finey, I dare you. I dare you. Go ahead. <laughs> I dare you. We booked Gary Baxter for you today. I know. Yeah, I can't do it. That's a real shame. Mm. That's a real bummer how that worked. Go ahead. Just a real shame. Number two, would you rather? The Orioles will sign Jordan Montgomery. Ooh. If every day between now and the end of baseball season, you watch a video of live bugs being removed from someone's nose. No thanks. Um, For Jordan Montgomery? For Jordan Montgomery. Is it the same? Nope. It's a different video. Every day. Every oh, okay. day. Okay. Well, every day. So no, 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 that's worse because then you don't adjust to it. Oh. It, if you get to see the same one, you've adjusted to it. You're, well, I, I would think at some point I get desensitized to it, right? I, I, this popped up first. Nope. 
Jacksonville's <laughs> ABC affiliate nope. shared a news story that included a video. Oh, no. And like an effing idiot. How big are the points? I decided to go no. ahead and. Nope. 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 <laughs> Love the Orioles, it. but nope. Can't do it. I can't. Well, you're gonna share it on the. If it, I was thinking no. about it. I don't know if I want. I want to do no. that. I love the Orioles. You can but choose on I'll, your I'll own. I'm pass. trying to think of what pitcher, like Otani, I might do it for. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I do it for Otani. Maybe. Yeah, not for Jordan Montgomery. Sure, you don't want to see it. No. You sure? Yep. I, I got see. it right here. If you want, I'm good. If you want to see what it looks like, nope. Like, nope. Quick nope. flash. If you want to, no. If you want to see, I can. I can turn it around and I can. I can give you a look. See, Griffin, do you want to see it? Uh. So there's the nose, oh, right? God. Like that's just oh, a guy's geez. nose, and now he's talking. Hang on, let me see. I'll see his face. See if I can't. Skip Why does he have bugs in his nose? Um, apparently, this can happen when you're immunocompromised. Yeah, what? You know what? You know what? I, 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 You've decided yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> just I mean, just I, look at the nose was enough <laughs> for Griffin's. Like that's 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 a nose. No, I'm out. I'm good. I don't even want to see that anymore. No thanks. Nope. Don't are, need you. Are you? Or do you still believe that they're going to do something? Uh, yeah, but nothing. Not not Jordan Montgomery. They're not doing that. Well, what what is something then to you? Actual, Michael Lorenzen or Michael somebody Lorenzen like that would be something. Yes. But he he okay something like that sure okay yeah I'm not certain of it. Well, I think it it's all going to depend on what the story is with Bradish. Is he missing a month? But I don't know or is he out for the have year? That answer. That's to me why, like, I. They'll know in six weeks. I would make that decision. Right. But they'll know by the middle of March. March isn't. The middle of March isn't six weeks. What's six weeks from when they started from finding when they started out about the this? process? Yeah. They're going to find out by the middle of March. If by March 20th, you're going to know. Right. And, is Bradish going to be able to pitch? And every day, somebody else is coming off the list. Sure. Right? Like, Hyunjin Ryu's off the list now. Where'd he go? Korea. Oh. He went back. He said, I'm good. Probably should. Uh, who are the guys that signed two days ago that I've already forgotten about? There were two of them that signed on, um, on yeah, Monday. Yeah, I forget, too. Again, because we didn't really want – these weren't guys that we wanted. They were just the guys that were available. And, uh, uh, well, Liam Hendricks, that would have been for the bullpen. Yeah. Oh, right. And uh, Brandon Woodruff, who wouldn't have been able to pitch this season. But um, maybe, maybe by the end of the year he would have been able to pitch. But They're just going to wait and find out what happens with Bradish. But at that point, I don't know what's going to be there okay, when then, you get that then answer. They'll, then they'll give the ball to Wells for nine starts, and then he'll his ERA will be four point two seven, and they'll give it to Cole Irvin for a few weeks, and then they'll it'll be June twenty third, and they'll start sniffing around at the deadline. I'm afraid that's that is what's going to happen. Like I'm afraid that's the case, and I don't think that it's the end of the world with starting pitching. I actually, I, you're down on Tyler Wells. I'm not down on Tyler Wells. I I'm not down on him. I, I I'm just. I would say that it's kind of inevitable if he gets if he's a starter, he'll be five and two early on with a three point four four ERA, and then he'll have four bad starts out of five, and they'll say, okay, we're uh, Cole Irvin's going to start for a while now. That's all. I, yeah, I like Wells. I, I don't know. I, I I think Tyler Wells can be better than that, but I still would have the problem with the bullpen. Like I still Tyler Wells needed to help solve your bullpen. Your bullpen is a huge question mark, a massive question mark going into the season that we're not talking about nearly enough. We've just accepted that it's okay that there's no Felix Batista. They, they, again, they won 49 close games a year ago. But well, we still have Brian Baker. There's a great point. They do, Brian Baker is still there. That's the only thing I would say. Somebody asked me at the Andrews Morning Dish, like, what's the one scenario that you could see the Orioles, you know, tumbling? They, I said this last year when Batista got hurt. 
the day that they said, you know, he he's out, even though they tried to get him back later. But the, when they said he's out, I said they can't win the World Series without him, right? The, and you and I talked about this. It you, the closing role wasn't the issue. The issue was when you move someone into the closing role, right. you've now created a, a gap somewhere, right? You mm-hmm. pulled a piece. You got to plug a piece back in. I, I still do think they have the same issue as I don't think Kimbrell's the answer. Nope. And I so I could I do see them going from one oh one to ninety four. I don't see him going from one oh one to eighty four. Right. That said you know, I guess a data nerd somewhere would say the likelihood of them replicating the forty nine wins a year ago is very slim. Instead of going, I'm making these numbers up. Instead of going 49 and 21 in those I think games, it was 49 and 24, and I, the numbers that I came up with were one one run, two run, or extra inning games, and I believe it was 49 and 24. Okay, so the 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 data nerds would say that's more likely to go th- whatever 49 and 24. What is that? 73. Is that 59, 69, 73? Yeah, the data yeah. nerds would say the more likelihood is that number is going to become 30, 39, 34. Something like that. 40, 33. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to lose some portion of that. Yep. Just not for any reason other than just because. Because it just kind of how it works. You're not going to go 49 and 24 two years in a row or 48 and 20. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're going to lose some. So, and then you take Batista out of it, and now, now you're really hard pressed. I think there. So I think there's a, I think there is a chance that they dip into the low nineties, which is still good. Uh, still going to make the playoffs. It's still going to make the playoffs. Win the division. Who but, knows? But the question you went out and got. Corbin I mean, you know, Burns. Tampa's going to win 100 games because you know they just do. They do. Right? right. I understand, and they get their pitching back this right. year. So like, right. they they should be better. Um, I'll I'll come back to you went out and got Corbin Burns, which everybody's in favor of. Sure. Everybody's in sure, agreement sure, sure. with. But it's a one year thing. It's one year with Corbin Burns. Well, that's all we right now. That's all we're worried about. I understand that, but that to me is why it's weird that you haven't done anything else. You're you're doing the. It's not all of your eggs in one basket. You're not going cold. all in for one season. But Corbin Burns is here for one year. Like, we can keep doing this, and everybody can go, well, I don't know about that. Okay, until proven otherwise. He's openly telling you he's going to free agency. He's not hiding from it. Maybe David Rubenstein and his group will prove to be a team, but to make any assumption, to even think that it's as likely as it is not Where's his would wife be insane. From? Who, Corbin Burns? Yeah. Because you think that's going to depend on where, sure. that's where he's going to go? Sure. I don't know where Corbin Burns' wife is. We'll find out. Never. Okay. I'll look into that. And you don't have, you. or you don't have enough faith in like come July though they, they will make some sort of move that I, I, bolsters I'm, everything. Maybe, maybe, but it's twofold. It's one, there are still guys right now that can help you that you don't have to trade anything for, and two, the games in April and May matter too. And we can keep saying, hey, the schedule doesn't look all that daunting in April. Fair, like all of these things are relevant, and I'm not panicked. It's just weird that you would make one move for one guy who's here for one year and say, but that's it, and have this glaring issue in the bullpen that you're not, you've weakened and you're not doing anything about. 
That's weird. That's all I'm... It's not a, there's no way they can overcome it. It's not a, they're doomed. It's that we have to acknowledge that's a strange set of decisions. It's strange to do that if you're going to acquire a guy for one year. If you were going to do that, you would think that you'd want to further bolster to address your weaknesses for that one year. Internally, they might say, we think we're good long-term. We think that Bradish is going to be back and it's going to be great. Grayson's going to be an ace by the end of the year. Like We, we think we're going to have the top of the rotation figured out post-Corbin Burns. Fine, but you still went out and got Corbin Burns and traded away assets to do it. Why, if you're not really going to fortify to try to win this year? That's the only question that I have. That's it. And number three. Well, he's from Bakersfield, California. Oh, good. So, you know, you already know where he's going. The Dodgers? Of course. Yeah. Because I heard they spend money. No. I no. Heard, I heard they spend a lot well, of money. Well, they're probably out of it now. He's they going spent, either to the Dodgers they, or the Giants. They spent a jillion dollars last year. They got a jillion plus. I mean, actually, they're not even spending it because he's not taking the money right. until. He's going to the Dodgers or the Giants. Probably the case. Yeah. And, um, uh, by the way, Would You Rather Wednesday here on GCR. It's also brought to you by Superbook. Right now, get in at Superbook, superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. And if you are bullish about the Orioles and that win total, it dipped just a little bit after the news of the Kyle Bradish injury. 89.5 is now the total at Superbook. Boy, that's a... That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. 89 and a half is the number. If I you... like the home team, though, so I'm taking the under. You're taking the under? <laughs> All over that one. Uh, you can get in on that right now at Superbook. Again, use the what code. Are our, uh, what are our Yankees? Our, What's our what number? What is that? What is that, our Yankees? What are our Yankees? What's what is, their number? What is that? You want to get in on that? What is that? 87 uh, and a half? No, I think the Yankees are slightly above that number. The Yankees are 92 and a half. Okay, so that's a joke, right? Um, like, come on. I, mean, I don't know if you heard. They got Juan Soto. I did hear that. I don't know if you're familiar with Who's his Who's pitching? Work. I hear. I mean, they still have Garrett Cole. <laughs> they do have, and they, they have do. Marcus Stroman now. Yeah, right. Well, wait a minute. And they have Rodon. Yeah, yeah they're good. I'm and not they have sure. Cortez. Yeah, all of a Never sudden, mind. like, wait a second. Right, the Yankees Maybe 92 and a half over is the number. That might be right. Okay. All right, and number three, would you rather the NBA in attempt to fix, fold? quote, unquote. Would you rather the NBA <laughs> fold? Yes. Going right there. In an attempt to fix the All-Star game. They do the bit that the guy called in and suggested on Monday. They replicate the old MLB idea, and they go with home court advantage for the NBA Finals to try to make them care. Or they simply abandon the game altogether, stretch out the skills competition over two nights, and now include a a Sunday Ryder Cup-style one-on-one event where everyone from the team faces someone from the other team in a one-on-one contest. Well, that might be pretty cool. That might be pretty neat. I know. have I have long suggested they make it a tournament. That might be pretty cool. Like that, that would be way more compelling, and guys would be way more interested in winning two a on one two, on one. three on three, or something like that. Right. But just every all stars every by themselves, uh, they get matched up, and you, and, and it's almost the, it's becomes fun. Like who are we gonna who who is gonna face off against who here? 
And what, the and winner they, gets like a million dollars? Something, or? whatever it is. But well, I, they wouldn't play for a million. Yeah, they, they don't care about a million dollars. <laughs> Three million. Yeah, they, did, like, they tried that for the, they tried, they tried, they tried that for that in-season that in tournament and the Lakers won. All right, the only team, the two teams that <laughs> like, cared were the Lakers and the Pacers. Well, yeah, everybody else is the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. No, they're certainly not. They were the, they're not even good. The regular season champions. Right. Right. The only two teams that cared were the two teams in the final. But you think you... I don't watch a second. Like I don't even watch I don't a either. snippet. I would don't either. You, if they did that, would you, would you turn it on? Oh, would I turn it on? Yes. No. Okay. But I, I wouldn't. I would. Okay. Well, did, there you go. Well, that's the that. thing. Like I, I mean, again, I, I'm not w- saying I'd stay. I'm not saying that it would. I would watch every. I'm saying I would. It would be enough to get me to look at it. Well, this is <laughs> like what the Golf Channel did with the Big Break back in the old days. Like, but we didn't know who those people were. But yeah, we took. Are, we took whatever it was back then, 12 or maybe it was 12 people, you took 12 people and made them into personalities and you got me to tune in every Monday to see which one of them got eliminated. And and they weren't even real golfers. But the show was captivating. You said it was you, for, for you, for a golf fan, it was compelling. Right. I mean, though, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Steph Curry playing, you know, Paul Pierce would be interesting. Is he still in the league? No. no Paul he's definitely Pierce? not still in no? the league. No? Okay. Um, no, I'm. I don't think Steph Curry playing Luca would be interesting to me, but I think NBA people, even modestly interested NBA yes. people, might watch that. I think they would. And you know they're going to hype it up with videos, and yeah, right. they're going to do what the Ryder Cup does, which yes. is okay. Let's that's look at the, the pairings that's tomorrow. The idea, right? That's the concept. Yeah, that might be cool. I may be even less likely, just because I know if they do that one-on-one tournament, there will be more like social media clips right. that will. And can you bet on it? Yes, the idea would be that you could bet on it. But like, uh, you can bet I on mean, the, the I mean, awful All Star game. Might still. be interested now. Jeremy bet on like a hundred different things about the stupid All Star game. I mean, if um, they make it like really fun to what, like you know, you got Shaq and and Chuck, you know, essentially commentating every single. I was going to say if they're like, playing. I'm now. I'm definitely now. You're gonna now. You're gonna take a look. I'm definitely watch, interested. Watch fifty and six year old dudes. <laughs> I'm definitely interested. <sighs> their way through trying to play basketball. It would again. be fun to watch those two play against one another. Yeah, yeah. at this point in their life. That would be fun. It would be fun. All right, uh, get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Someone's Still winning. the funniest line of all time ever, what? ever, when Shaq said to Barkley, you know, you know what you got on your SATs? Barbecue sauce. Barbecue yeah. sauce. Barbecue <laughs> sauce. Uh, get your responses. Might have been somebody, the other way around. Somebody's I think winning. It was Barkley said that about Shaq. Yeah, it was. Somebody's winning a twenty-five dollar gift card to Glory Days Grill. When we come back in, Barbecue America's fastest-growing game show. That's what's wrong with this country. Drew's here. It's GCR. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. One of the things that's definitely wrong with this country is that this dude still has a job somehow, some way. Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR, Drew Forrester is here with us. John Feinstein is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Drew was checking out some high school hoops last night, and as always, for the best coverage of high school sports, get to countysportszone.com. It's your headquarters for local high school scores, schedules, standings across all sports. Countysportszone.com is proudly sponsored by Toyota. All right, you want to hit that uh, sounder? Don't you see something every day and you say to yourself, this is the problem with this place? Yeah, this is what's wrong with the country. What's wrong with the country is we're not willing to talk about what's wrong with the country. That's definitely the truth. That's what's wrong with this country is brought to you by the Green Turtle. What's going on tomorrow at the Green Turtle, Griffin? Uh, every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, you get a free $10 
bet to use on whatever you would like uh, and experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. That's right, live in-person betting. Uh, the Green Turtle has Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. They're offering you a free $10 bet every Thursday, so go check it out. Uh, get Enjoy some great food and some sports tomorrow night at the Green Turtle. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, I could start. Okay. Um, and this happened on Monday. The, the the whole idea of a race is to do what? Uh, a car race, you mean? Yeah. I mean, practically any race. But the design, the but the, the win, correct. Yeah. The design of it is you start at point A yeah. and you go all the way through until the race ends, mm-hmm. right? How on earth can you have a race that ends when the cars aren't racing? How, how on earth is that possible? I can't believe that you th- talking about the Daytona 500. That you think that's a justifiable way of ending the race. But why is that what's wrong with the country? I'm going to explain it okay. to you. I'm glad you asked. Glad. And, and this is what we do. We at the at when it's all said and done, instead of saying, "Well, we know it might take longer, but we're going to do it the right way." Okay. Okay. And that is the problem. We know it might take longer. The, by the way, the NFL fixed that in the playoffs. We know it might take longer, but we're going to end it the right way. Yep. We say, well, we, we we don't want to make it go on and on and on and on because it might go on for a while. All right, who'd you bet on? Why are you angry about this? Uh, Austin Dillon. Right, so we, we <laughs> had to get to the bottom but of that. It, it's a joke. You we, want, we met him once. You want us to take the auto race seriously. You want us to. And and at the end, they aren't racing. They're they're not racing anymore. I don't I don't know. The what person who won wasn't racing at the end. So how did they? I thought I thought they did like a green white checker thing. And and the uh, the race ended under the caution flag. I thought they couldn't do that anymore. I thought they got they, rid of that. They That's do it now. I don't know why. Weird. That's weird. Why are you not racing your car around the track at full speed? Why? Just let them race. They're cars. They want to go fast. That's what they want to do. It's like Lightning McQueen. Yes. Talking to him. And the guys that are behind the wheel, they want to drive them fast. That's why they're in there. Because they're weird. And they want to drive fast. So when you say to them, okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. We got all the rubble off the court, off off the track. And now there's only eight of you left because all the other 40 of them are crashed. But here we go. The five of you or the eight of you are going to ride around really fast for the next eight minutes. They all go, that's why I came here today. Let me drive How my car you bet fast. on Austin Dillon, by the way? A why lot. are you this worked out? So, yeah, right. But it's what's wrong with the country. We, the, rather than do it right, we decide to shortcut. And that's that is part of the problem with the country. Every everybody's design it's got to be a shortcut. Shortcut. How how can I get away with not going, you know, not doing it all the way to the very end? It's unbelievable that they didn't have those guys race their cars. <laughs> so worked up. It's unreal. <laughs> and you want us to take it seriously. Well, I, if you say so. And so and somebody wrote somebody asked me this question today in Drew's Morning Dish. It it's not that dissimilar to at the end of the football game. They don't play 60 minutes. 
Don't ever let people tell you these games go 60 minutes because they don't. They go about 59 minutes until the team has first down, and then they go, and now the game's over. That's that. What do you, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. wait. They don't wait, play wait. 60 minutes. You want to take away knees? Yes. What the hell? They, they, they earned that. They aren't playing football anymore. What the hell? They're playing another sport. So what do you want to force them to do? What Run do they need play. to do? Okay. Something's got to happen. How do you stop it? The they're, running back will just something's slide. Something's got to happen. They're, yeah, they're going to have the so quarterback like the intentional fall walk. forward. That's no all the, more intentional walks. Okay. No. <laughs> Not allowed anymore. No. Wow. Throw the ball across the plate. <laughs> no more intentional walk. It's, it's a, a joke. It's a weird bit, man. We just don't want to do it right. We so, want to sh- shortcut everything. It's part of the strategy. No. It, you know what it's called? Let me tell you what it's called. I was, let me educate you. <laughs> okay. It's called you're afraid. 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 You are afraid to throw the ball to this uh-huh. guy. Because if you weren't afraid to throw the ball, guess what you would do? Right. You'd throw the ball. Well, that might but be true. But you're afraid to throw the ball. Well, or you'd just rather face the next guy. Because you're afraid. Or or, no. or you want to line up a double play. You're afraid to throw the ball. Right. You could still get a double play when you throw the ball. You're afraid to throw the ball because well, no you're afraid yeah. to throw the ball because he might hit it where they ain't. Right, right. Throw no, I, the ball. This is weird. And, and here's what I would say. Yeah. Every time you – I would definitely implement this rule. Every intentional walk costs you and, – and come up with it – costs you a mound visit. Every time you intentionally walk someone, there's got to be a penalty. Okay, so they're just going to throw unintentional walks then. That's okay. Remember that make game? That's, make they're still going to be afraid. Make it look like Well, how does trying. it change anything? Make it look like, you know, what uh, What was the guy's name we had? Uh, Cabrera. He used to make it look like he was intentionally walking <laughs> nine guys a right. game. That's true. That's a good point. Just stop trying to shortcut is, uh, everything. Remember when Bryce Harper got walked like Everything is a shortcut. It's a weird bit, It's a shortcut. It's a really weird. Well, you raced your car for six hours, but now there's some stuff on the track. You don't have to race anymore. It's a joke. Race. These cars are built to go fast. Let them go fast. Okay. And, and this is what the message we send to America is. We, you, you, to America. you don't have to do things the right way. That's the message you're sending. I'm convinced of it. All it's right. the same thing with the intentional walk. It's the same thing with dirt in the ball. That's intentional grounding. You can call it whatever you want. You've intentionally grounded the ball. You... You shouldn't be allowed to do that. The same way when you're getting chased around by the defensive end, you're not allowed to throw the ball out of bounds unless you're outside of the tackle box. Oh, but you, should they get rid of that? This isn't. Should they? Maybe. Okay. This maybe. Is, this is now. This is fascinating. Maybe we we're just we've something's happened in this country where everything should you be allowed is, to foul. How do I, should, I look? Should I be allowed this, to foul at the end of a basketball game. I said it, no. Okay. Now now we're actually talking. No, I might, I might be. And, and this is the I'm funniest curious. part. Time out. No, no, no. Because we're gonna go. This, this is. You know how many? I saw it last night. I'm not gonna. I'm not. This is not sour grapes. Skyward Hall lost by 25 points. Mm-hmm. There were two fouls in the game last night committed by the Spalding kid on Brendan Johnson that were absolutely 110 percent intentional fouls. Intentional. He was going up for a layup. He got fouled, and the intent was to do what? To stop him from scoring. They did this to Shaquille O'Neal for 15 years. It's unreal. There, there. You know how many foul? And here's the best part. There, what Maryland played a game recently? Was it? I'm not going to be able to do mine. That's okay. Maryland. Was, Maryland is, played a I'm game. Oddly entertained. By Maryland this. played a game. Uh, I was at the game. Michigan State game. Maryland played a game that 
there was an intentional foul committed, a, a 100% intentional foul. Dante Scott clobbered a guy from Michigan State, clobbered him. And the refs went over to the TV, and they put the headset on, and they looked at it. And meanwhile, anyone watching the game with a brain at the stadium is like, you don't have to put the headset on. It was intentional. And they came back and they said, it's a two-shot foul. Common foul, yes. A common foul. It's unreal. There are 10 fouls a game that are intentional. That are intentional. because Calm, take fouls. Be, you know why? Because, and I said this at the very beginning when we started to do this segment, we are a country built on one thing. Everyone is trying to dupe someone. It's unbelievable. Well, We're trying to dupe you into thinking that this is an actual auto race when they're not allowed suck. to race their cars at the end. I don't know how much you spent on Austin Dillon, man, but you got it seriously. It's unreal. We're going to dupe you into thinking. Helpmygamblingproblem.org. We're going to dupe you into thinking that's not intentional grounding when the quarterback takes the ball from the center and throws it directly into what? The ground. The ground. But that's not intentional grounding. Yes, it is. He threw the ball into the ground with the intent of stopping the clock. Not playing football, stopping the clock. That's intentional grounding. This is fascinating. Getting rid of and, spiking the ball. And we, it, but, the it, of every but the reason why I want to get rid of it is the lessons we're teaching people. Right. If you don't want to play anymore, just throw the ball into the ground. Right, but they do want to play. In fact, they want to run another no, play afterwards. They're, they're not they're trying equipped to, to play in that moment. To play another it's play unreal. is what they're trying to do. How we've slipped. Yeah. How we Every day we get further and further from God, I guess, is where we Well, that's it. But you don't even want to start yeah. there. Yeah. But... And, and then just this whole thing, like these intentional walks. Intentional. You're just afraid to throw to the guy. Heard someone this angry about intentional walks. You're afraid to throw to the guy. Just right. admit it. Right. Well, I think they are. I think they are openly admitting it. I think that's sort of the point. Throw the ball at the plate. Right, but there's go. Throw at the guy. And then right. Oh, yeah, oh don't even get do me that. started with that. Do that. So anyway, go ahead with yours. I, I, I got two others too. Oh yeah. Right, go ahead. By all means. What else you got? I, this was enthralling. I just, it's just. Drew wants to change everything about sports. I, no, what I want is for you to compete you no longer, the entire uh, uh, time. Okay. I just a, want you to question. compete. No, I'm, I no, want to no, make no, sure I'm clear. I got a question. I want to make sure I'm clear on I this. I have a question. Are you allowed to give someone a putt when you play golf? Let me finish my water. You are allowed to give someone a putt in match play. Right. I'm saying, isn't shouldn't they have to. Aren't they taking the easy I, way out? I'm not a. Shouldn't you have to I'm putt? not a huge. Where does it end? Yeah. Well, here, here's, here's, here's the difference. You're not allowed to concede your own putt. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to concede your own putt. But shouldn't we just take it out of the conversation? I Everybody's think got so a putt? personally. Okay. I don't like conceded putts. I just don't. I think it's a. I, I just I think, think it's, it's super a, weird. I, I, I do. I do too. Like just play. The genesis of it at the beginning of golf. The genesis of it was pace of play. And the original genesis of it was because you couldn't move the balls. That would take six hours to play golf anyway. But you weren't allowed to move the ball in the old days. Oh, okay. All right. So if I lined, my ball was near your ball, yeah. we would just say, just, just pick yeah, them up right. and move on. Yeah. Because we, you weren't allowed to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Once you were allowed to mark the ball on the green. It kind of made no sense. Then it kind of, yeah. Right. I, I, don't, I don't like the conceded putt idea personally. I just don't. I'm I'm actually in agreement about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a, in agreement. I'm not. With you I'm not a huge fan of it. But again, we're and we do this in golf too. We do the and this is another thing. This we hit the ball into the divot. We hit the ball into a divot in the fairway, and there are p- 
people in in golf who otherwise say, I, I'm pretty astute at golf, who then say you should be allowed to move your ball out of that. No, you shouldn't. You hit it there. It ended up there. That is part of the game. Well, it's not supposed to be a divot in the fairway. Well, of course there isn't. But but they are left there. And if your ball winds up there, it's unfortunate, but you got to play it from there. You shouldn't be allowed to drop your ball out of a divot in the fairway. You just shouldn't. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm it's, interested in all it's of these just part. It's just like when your mortgage company sends you a mortgage and says your mortgage is going up by $24 a month. It, it shouldn't, <laughs> but it does. Okay. You don't have any recourse. There's nothing you can do yeah, about I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, all we are trying to do is just make things easier. How do we make it easier? And, and that's where people like him have but grown wait, wait, up. But there's, there's a bit of a work smarter, not harder conversation to be but had. But this is all we do. How, how do we make it easier? It's just like the thing with the snow days. Can't. <laughs> Somehow we just made the Daytona 500 about snow Can't days. have, because we got to make it easier. I don't know what just happened. Got to make it easier. Can't. The only thing I was going to say today is uh, we have a common sense problem. Take all the winter holidays and put them in the summer. It's a, we have a common sense problem in this country. Nobody wants another winter holiday. No one's asking for it. No one's interested in it. No one wants that day off. No one has any. We, we all can get together as adults and say we can celebrate the president's in June. Yeah, but you're saying that because you're in a you're in a cold weather state. I, I understand, but so Florida are other. Florida has no idea. Have you been to Florida? No one down there knows anything. That's a fact. We agree about that. They don't know what day it is. Of course, that's where the gentleman had all the bugs in his nose. But they don't know what day it is there. Correct. Because they all run together. I I understand all. Same way in in San Diego or Arizona. They don't know what day it is. I understand all of those things. You could say to the guy, hey, let's play golf on Wednesday, and you show up on Wednesday, and, and he's not there. And you text him, and you say, hey, dude, we're supposed to play golf today. And he says, oh, hell, I thought it was Thursday today. Like they don't know what time it is. Correct in Florida because I, it's seventy-eight we, sunny. We can't make every our, day. We can't make our decisions around those people. We can't. If if we did, our national food would be bath salts. Like we can't make the decisions based on what they think in Florida. We can't do it. We have to use more common sense. No one wants more winter holidays. No one's interested in it. There are three states where this well, isn't a factor. I thought this one this past weekend was good because it was Friday. We covered all the way out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What the hell are you doing over there? Well, we are in-service day. Of course you do. In-service day. Faculty. We need more of those. I'm just saying you're basing right. this on yes, the sense. weather in Maryland. No, no, no. For and the in majority Florida, of the country. No one knows what day it is. I'm not making decisions based on what's going on in Florida. Right. I think we all can agree about that. I think the rest of us in this country can say we're not going to allow Florida to set the tone for national discourse. All I'm saying is they didn't know it was President's Day on Monday. They just knew it was 78 and sunny. They don't know where they are most days. They're on drugs. All right. Well, I wouldn't say that either. Most of them. All right. Joining us now here on GCR as we try to somehow move forward. Of course, uh, over the weekend, uh, lost an icon in this area in college basketball and the great lefty Drizel and this man spent a lot of time uh, recovering Lefty Drizel. Had some really famous exchanges over the years with the Washington Post. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. John Feinstein, who's back with us now on GCR. John, it's Glenn, and I, I know you'll be sorry to hear that Drew Forrester is in with me this morning. Always appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. I think I can handle it, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> I'll do the best I can. I, I want to know, you guys were talking about President's Day. I just want to, because this is a, a misnomer throughout our country. <laughs> when was Abraham Lincoln born? 
in February. Yes. But uh, I'll save some time here. He, Abraham Lincoln was born February 12th. George Washington was born February 22nd. And when I was a kid, which I know was 100 years ago, they were separate holidays. We got off for Lincoln's birthday. We got off for Washington's birthday. And they, you know, when they put together all these Monday holidays, the Memorial Day had been May 30th. Now it's the last Monday in, in May. And they created President's Day and combined Lincoln and Washington's birthdays. And the only problem I have with that, when I was a kid, I knew when Lincoln and Washington's birthdays were. My daughter, Jane, who's 13 now, had no idea until the other night when I explained to her why she had Monday off from school. Just a little bit of okay, so, nonsensical. So John's yeah. right. We should have off every Monday in February. <laughs> no, I hang on, John. This is a com- I'm, I'm, I'm certainly good with that. This is my so common so my common sense argument is we're not doing it on the day anyway. We pick a day in June and we call it President's Day and we recognize all the presidents that day because nobody wants another holiday in the winter. <laughs> There's nothing to do. Even Drew didn't play golf on Monday. Why well, would have? There, there's that we don't need any more winter yeah. holidays. We just pick another date somewhere later on in the year where people would actually enjoy having the day off, and we call it President's Day, and then we can go to the beach or go swimming or whatever. We're I did do. play golf on Monday actually. It's okay. The only problem with that is that kids don't get a day off from school. Right. school they don't out. need more I days off of school. I've got kids now, John. They don't need more <laughs> days off of school. They, I'm going to have my 13 year old call you and you two can debate that. All right, we'll have that conversation <laughs> at some point. She's a better guest than I am, by the way. Um, oh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, John, you obviously, uh, certainly, and I, and I read the piece that you wrote for the Washington Post. I, there, there's a part of me, Lefty was such a personality and was such a larger yep. than life figure that I almost worry that the basketball side of it, the coaching side of it, gets lost in the discourse about Lefty Drizel that we forget how significant he was as a basketball coach beyond just his larger-than-life personality. Well, and that's why I think in the third or fourth draft of the column, I said he was an underrated coach. Yeah. And some of that was because he always had to coach against Dean Smith and against Norman Sloan, who was a great coach, even though he was a pain in the butt. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski later, Bill Foster, and other under... I mean, the list goes on. Terry Allen. And he never won a national championship, didn't go to a Final Four, four Elite Eight. Uh, we all know that, that that probably would have been quite different if Moses Malone hadn't gone to the ABA. Um, and I think you're right, though, that, I mean, the guy won 786 games. And when he retired, he was fourth on the all-time list of winning coaches. And we were all waiting for Dean Stead and... Bob Knight to overtake Adolph Rupp. And at the Final Four one year, the year they had beaten Wisconsin when he was at Georgia State, I said, you know what? Back with Knight, back with Dean, you're going to break Adolph Rupp's record. And he said, no, that never happened. And I said, why not? He said, because if I ever got close, that little sucker Dean would come back. Um, he, uh, so, he was a great coach, though. Only coach in history has ever taken 100 games at four different schools. John, I always ask people this that uh, that were kind of in, you know, on the ground floor, so to speak. Tell us something about him that most of us don't know. That you know, that is just one of those 
best kept secrets about Lefty that maybe just didn't make it into the news all the time, but something about him you knew? Well, he had a great generosity of spirit. Um, and, you know, again, I mentioned in the last graph of the column, going to visit a recruit in Anacostia with him on a Halloween night. And these little kids came running up, uh, trick-or-treating. And Lefty took out his billfold and just peeled off every bill he had on the billfold. And stuck them in the kids' uh, bags. And when they went, ran away because they were so excited, he, said, he looked at me and his assistant coach, Ron Bradley, and said, Damn, I hope I didn't have any big bills on there. Because <laughs> he just was stealing all bills. He never looked, never worried. But the other thing is, he, he, he couldn't hold a grudge. And, you know, if I, had a, if I had a dollar for every time he called me in the morning, and he, this is when I was single, so I would sleep in, uh, and started yelling at me about something, uh, I'd be rich. And, you know, he would say, Sonny, I ain't never speaking to you again. Okay. So I'd go to practice that afternoon, and I'd walk in, and he'd walk over to me and say, What's up, Sonny? You got a scoop? And that was the end of, of the anger. And he was just, he, he had a great ability to both empathize and sympathize with people. Uh, I saw it firsthand. I saw it secondhand. Uh, and he had a great, you guys know this, he had a great sense of humor. I mean, he was funny. I wrote a, a piece when Jerry Faust, you remember Jerry Faust? Yeah. Became the football coach at Notre Dame. And sure. it was a great story. High school coach, seven day a week uh, to church Catholic. And I, like a lot of other national reporters, went out for his first game against LSU. And Jerry was driving around in a golf cart saying hello to people. So, hey, I'm Jerry Faust. Welcome to Notre Dame. Let's go kick LSU's butt today. And so I wrote that. A lot of other guys wrote that. You know, and he was going to be the next Newt Rockney. And uh, the next morning, my phone rings at 7 o'clock. I see wake up. I got to get on you. Lefty, it's September. What can you be upset about in September? That story you wrote about that guy, Faust. Dan Devine won a national championship there. He's coached one game, and you write, and he's new Rockney. And I said, what do you have against Jerry Faust? He said, nothing, but I got plenty against you. <laughs> well, as you guys know, four years later, Jerry got fired. Right. And the students turned on him. There were Faust signs in the dorm windows. And Lefty called me again. He said, finally, got a question. Your buddy Faust riding around out there in a golf cart, or he get himself an all in tank. You know, you know, and that 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 was left. No doubt. That was lefty. Left, left, of course, we're checking with John Feinstein here on GCR, and I know Drew's going to want to ask you something about golf in a second. So before we move on from lefty, lefty was a terrible golf. Was he? <laughs> was he? Um, he? He used to say when people would ask him about golf, he'd say, "I like to play in those tournaments where you hit it in the woods. You could just go play your partner's ball." So we all like those. <laughs> before I move yeah, we on, do. Before before I move on from lefty, the importance of his place. In basketball history, and, and I, we chatted with John right. Lucas and, and Len Elmore and Tom McMillan the other day, specifically, uh, almost, you know, like, it, not that he was trying to make history, not that he was trying to make some sort of political statement, but just in his desire to win basketballs, basketball games, what he did for integration in a part yeah. of the country that was reluctant to be involved with integration at that point. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, Dean Smith's been given a lot of credit, deservedly so, uh, for his role in integrating North Carolina and the uh, ACC. But Lefty was recruiting black players at Davidson in the early 60s. Um, and at that point, the only, ironically, the only school in the ACC that started to recruit black players was Maryland um, with uh, Billy Jones. And uh, so, yeah, Lefty left, didn't, didn't care if you were black, white, green, or blue. If you could help him win games, he wanted you. And that's the way it should be, right? But even today, it's not 100% true in our country. And so, yeah, Lefty was great that way. And uh, hired black assistant coaches, hired George Raveling. Yep. Uh, when there were no black assistant coaches in the ACC at that point. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right about it. Lefty, Lefty was completely colorblind, uh, and I wish we all were that way. You know, it's weird how it feels like we don't have any more of, of those kind of coaches. And obviously not just Lefty. You could talk about Bobby Knight. You could, but it feels like we've, we just don't have the characters we used to have. I, I don't know what's happened right. to that, but why is that? Well, it's a number of things. One, they, they, they've all become TV stars. And so they, and, and they all want to be careful that they don't say something that will cost them the money that they're making, right. uh, as you can, especially on Twitter these days. Um, and the other thing is uh, they, they, sorry, coaches have to be very careful with how they deal with their players. Because, if you know, Tom Izzo said to me not that long ago, we're at the point now, if I yell at one of my players in practice, he may be in the transfer portal tomorrow. Now, that's a fairly recent development. But you've seen it. Most people, and also, let's be honest, most basketball coaches aren't by nature funny. You know, Valvano was funny. Lefty was funny. And you mentioned Bob Knight. He was a character for sure, but not like Lefty. He was a character with malice. Lefty was a character without malice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, I, I think I can honestly say I know, but we knew both of them pretty damn well. But, it, it, you know, everybody is almost scripted now. I had a, a, a coach say to me that, a football coach, by the way, that I, I was having a dispute with his SID. And he said, he's the best SID I've ever had. That's a good coach. And I said, no, he's not. I said, because this is a local kid I want to write about for the Post, who grew up reading the Post. And you're taking care, he's taking care of, you know, bloggers and not taking care of the Washington Post. I'm sorry, he built the Washington Post. And he said, he's the best. I said, why is he the best SID you've ever had? And he said, well, before I have a press conference, he always gives me notes on what to say and what topics to avoid. And I said, you don't need that. You're a smart guy. You know, he's been a coach for a while, still is. And, you know, but that's the thing. Everybody wants to script everything nowadays. And can you imagine if Lefty was coaching today and had that guy as his SID? Right, this is what you have to say. (laughs) Yeah, this is what you say, this is what you don't say. Yeah, forget that. And more often than not, the coach is a lot smarter than the SID. Um, John, are you convinced the way that I am? Speaking of, of college athletics, are you convinced that uh, the days of contracts are coming? That like the fallout from this Dartmouth thing is going to end up being yeah that, that that contracts come to college sports. 
there's going to be something. I don't know what. I just heard Jay Billis the other day saying the NCAA could solve all its problems tomorrow uh, just by making players sign, you know, two, three-year contracts, have a buyout. And there's nobody I respect more in college athletics than Jay. And it's not because he went to Duke. It's because he's Jay. Um, but there would be complications. There would be union issues. There would be tax issues. Because what the players forget is if they're signing the contracts, they're going to be paying tax taxes, not only on the contract, but on the cost of their scholarship. So it, it's a very, very complicated situation. And it certainly isn't going to help anything. That uh, What's the name of the new commissioner, uh, President Charlie, the former governor of Baker, Charlie Baker. <laughs> Charlie Baker, thank you. Um, he's spending all his time in Washington trying to convince Congress to cut back on the NIL. Well, that's not happening. It's a, it was the Supreme Court that ruled on NIL. So, nine nothing, by the way. It's not like it was some kind of split between the Democrats and the Republicans. Even Clarence Thomas, for Christ's sake, voted that NILs should be part of the law. And so it's it not, it, it's something coming. Are there changes coming still? Absolutely. But what exact form they'll take exactly, I honestly don't know because I don't think any of us know. John, speaking of Jay, let's let me ask you about the other Jay, Jay Monahan. Um, do do you think he survives this in the long run? This PGA Tour live alliance yeah. or no, or non alliance? Is he surviving this whole thing? I'm surprised he's still there, uh, to be honest with you, because he botched it right from the beginning, and and and, and, and still hasn't fixed it. Uh, we don't know what form the deal, the final deal, is going to take, but he he surrendered to to live and to the Saudis, um, and he he had good reason to um, to to be to be fired, and he's still hanging in there. And I think one of the reasons he's still hanging in there is he has some kind of ridiculous buyout. I think it might be forty four million bucks or something that they'd have to pay him if they fired him or he quote-unquote resigned. Um, so long run, I don't think he survives, but short run, I thought he'd be gone by now. Right. Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Like, wait, wait, how is this all going to end, by the way? Like, I... Wait, you, why, you, I you just asked me another question. I don't know the answer. Yeah, right. And everybody <laughs> says I'm going No, um, I, I think I, there's I, a... It's going to end with some kind of AFL-NFL merger. That's the way it has to end. Because you, the tour cannot go on without all the stars who jump to live. Right. And Liv's certainly not going to survive in its current condition. And the one thing that the tour is right about is you, you can't give world ranking points to 54 Hall events. You know? It, it, it'd be like what they did a couple of years ago with doubleheaders, saying, well, we're going to make seven-inning games count the same as nine-inning games. Um, you, you just can't do that. It has to be... There has to be a line where everybody's playing on the same playing field. I guess the one thing I would say, and, and I, I, I was on this from the very beginning when they first even started talking about live, and they poached, you know, the first guy or two. I, I kept saying, why wouldn't, first, right? why wouldn't the tour just play from January or even February, February through August, like they kind of, sort of are now? And say to yeah. the say to the live guys, if after Labor Day, 
You want to go play in Dubai and Morocco and Japan and Australia and New Zealand? Knock yourself out. What you can't do is play in 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 the U.S. slash North America. I, and and I don't I don't understand. Maybe they did try to do this, and I just don't know it. Well, but why wouldn't they have tried to create two leagues? Well, Drew, you remember the days of what, what was called the silly season. Yeah, right. Where guys played in November and December and guaranteed events, team events, stuff like that. Fred Couples, remember, was Mr. November. Sure. Because he used to win like three times in November right. and December. Right. Uh, so it wouldn't have been that hard to negotiate some kind of deal along the lines you were, you were talking about. But I, but what I know from players, Monahan didn't see the threat. He didn't understand the threat. You know that when you have endless money, you you, you don't just go down in flames because things can go wrong. You can make mistakes, but so you reach deeper into your pocket, and and you're still not close to to to, lo- to losing money or to losing enough money to matter. So I, I don't understand. Monet, and according to everybody I've talked to, was not proactive when the threat came along. He was reactive. And the final, not final, but the biggest reactive move was was to fold. And here were Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods, the two most prominent players in the game, I don't care how many tournaments Scotty Scheffler might win, saying, you know, attacking live, standing up for Monaghan, standing up for the tour, and then he goes and puts the knife in their back. Says, hey, guess what, fellas? I made a deal. So you're right. It, it, Drew, it shouldn't have been that hard. But now they got a total mess. Well, there you go. And at least uh, at least they don't have any problems running that Scottsdale tournament. At least that thing is, <laughs> is going well and everybody loves it. Yeah, because only about two-thirds of the fans are drunk. Right, right correct, right. Right. which is nice. That's, that's probably – I'll take the over on that. Yeah, right. John, what can I plug for yeah, you? Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Well, you get two things. One, uh, the David Faraday book I yep. wrote last year uh, will be out in paperback in the spring. It's got great reviews, mostly because of Faraday. Speaking of characters, uh, right? And I'm working on, oh, my God, is he a character. <laughs> he cracks me up all the time. Uh, but but his story is also tragic, as I think you know. He lost his child, the drug overdose. Right. He's been an alcoholic since he was a teenager. I mean, it's, it's a compelling story in my Totally unbiased opinion. And John, you know what's um, interesting about him is he was a really good player. People, oh, people totally player. forget he was a Ryder Cupper. He was a really good player. Not only was he a Ryder Cupper, but he beat Payne Stewart in the singles. Right. When he was on the Ryder Cup team, I mean, he he won five times in Europe. He finished fourth in the British Open. I mean, he, he talks about himself as if he's a ten handicap. Right. But he he was a damn good player. Um. And uh, and then he got hurt. You know, he hurt his back and couldn't really play effectively again. That's why. That's why he ended up in television. Right. Was because he, he just couldn't he couldn't hit the ball anymore. You know, with any distance. But uh, and then I'm driving right now to Princeton, New Jersey, because uh, I'm working on a book. Believe it or not, on Ivy League football. Hmm. Uh, that'll be out next fall. Never had more fun doing a book because of the kids. I mean, you know, it's not a lot of dummies playing football in the Ivy League. Um, and there's something. Here's a little trivia question. How many Ivy League players do you think were in the NFL last year? 2022. I don't have the stats for 2023 yet. 
So yeah, Yoshevac wasn't in the league, wasn't in the NFL at that point then. So I'll say six. That's not a bad guess. Twenty-three. Wow! Wow! Yeah, they wow. play, and one of the reasons people don't understand the level of play, and I saw it up close all season, is that the the, the Ivy League presidents, who are smarter than the rest of us, just asked them, um, won't let the champion of the league play in postseason. So they don't get a chance to show the, the country how good they can be. The, last year, Holy Cross went to the semifinals of the FCS tournament. And uh, in this September, this season, Harvard beat him at Holy Cross. Hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that happens all the time, but the point is the best teams in the Ivy League are certainly good enough to compete with the best teams in FCS, but they don't get the chance to. So it was a lot of fun, and I I hope the book demonstrates how not only that these are great kids, which I think people wouldn't be shocked by, but that um, these guys can play. I I look forward to it. When's it going to be out? October. October. We'll look forward to it. We will certainly be talking about it then. John Feinstein, always appreciate appreciate you, sir. Thanks for taking the time for us. Okay, guys. John, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. John Feinstein with us here on GCR. You got to go? Uh, pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, I got stuff going on. Yeah? Like important stuff or just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got, I'm on the tee in like 1210. Ah, that is important. I don't disagree with uh, that. Okay. You want to plug something? Uh, I'm trying to change my flight. Ah, where are you going? Flight. I'm going to Houston. What are you doing in Houston? What do you think I'm doing Playing in golf, Houston? Fred, why, would I, why would I even ask? <laughs> Playing with Fred Couples? No, but yeah, um, Nancy will be down there. Is it the week of the... the no, it's no. not. Okay. No. Um, but I got to talk to Nancy. What, what, what's that? Jimmy. I know. All right. What, 255. DrewsMorningDish.com. Yes. You doing the golf show on Sunday? No. Uh, right? I, I think, think there's a, I think is there a Maryland be. game. What? I think, no. I, I think you're scheduled. I don't think so. This check. is not shtick. I'll I don't check. think that's the case. <laughs> I think we're not scheduled, but I thought you were. That's wrong. I thought there was a Maryland that game. Was I know the, there's a Maryland okay. game. Okay. But I thought the schedule said everything up until then, and then all right, well, might, maybe Drew's right. I th- check never, for me. He's never been right before, check but for maybe me, this will be the week. I, I, can't, I probably can't do it Sunday. So <laughs> it's gonna check for me. Probably. Killing me over here. <laughs> oh, I got $50 back. I don't, I don't know why. I can only open count. I can only open schedules through 2023. No, yeah, go okay. all the way to the right. I'm trying to. I what see. Do I'm I here? don't think so because the right, Maryland coverage starts yeah. at. All right, you're lucky. I can't. 11:30 is when Maryland coverage starts. You got, you got, starts. You got right, lucky. So I got my time. flight changed. All right, good news. Oh, they want you on it. I got Not $50 it. credit. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Drew Forrester, DrewsMoneyDish.com. When we come back in, uh, we will be chatting with Ben Verlander. Get his thoughts on where the Orioles are pitching nice wise brother. going into the season. <laughs> Doctor of the ball. It's a real shame he can't stick around. Doctor in the ball. Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> Ooh. Kill dynamite. Yeah, We're just, I know, I know, I know. We just. <laughs> what is going on? What happened? He's. Happened like Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23. 
So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and on the cover we look at the promise of spring for the Baltimore Orioles as Todd Karpovich and others shine the light on the team's hopes to take the next step towards championship contention and what reinforcements could still be coming. Plus, PressBox personalities offer suggestions to David Rubenstein about stewarding the franchise. Also inside, Bo Smolka on how the Ravens' defense could evolve with new coordinator Zach Orr. And we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's programs across the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Contrary to what some people believe, I actually like this guy when he sleeps. Glenn Clark, talking sports. Uh, from uh, John Proctor, before you leave, Proctor says, Drew... Yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead. Say the say that. We got to turn his mic on. Let me hear what my buddy yeah. said. Said uh, Drew's just mad at how easy these guys have it because when he got his driver's license, your uh, bare feet drove the car right, through the right, open right. floor. Flintstones. <laughs> Proctor's so funny. Go ahead. What times did you do back there in Boys go. Town? Now, good news. Good no, news. I like. Proctor. Hang on a second. I what? do like when Proctor when he sleeps. When he sleeps. Good good news here. Go ahead. Proctor said, oh. you really can bet on anything these days. For example, I have $10 on Drew saying, when you do back in Boys Town line on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it only pays out $2. Yeah, so yeah the odds, weren't, the no, odds weren't great. Proctor's a good man. So, right. so was the son of Sam. There we go. <laughs> anything else? You got to you, just say the Coke line. Just, you, no. You go ahead. I don't have any way to... The, the Get it in, there. in yeah. but no, uh, I don't really like the Coke line. We'll anymore. just end it. We'll <laughs> just end it on those three. Yeah, the greatest and hits, and you're good. 
Drew it's like doing start the buses at the high school basketball games. Right. You know, like, yeah. Start the buses. Right. Uh, the Coward Hall was beating Loyola by eight with like a minute fifty to go, minute forty to go. Just a little bit of time there. And they started doing start the buses, and I'm <laughs> texting Ethan, and I'm like, uh, Yeah, you better. You don't start the buses with a minute forty two left in the game when you're winning by eight <laughs> in high school basketball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, stopping by this morning. Let's talk some uh, Orioles this morning. Joining us now, friend of ours, Coach Noam from Fox Sports. He is Mr. Ben Verlander, and he's back with us here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Of course. Always love uh, coming on. Hey, I, you know, I'm in this weird place where, you know, we were all very excited about Corbin Burns and we were all buying in. And then buying I don't want to oversell the significance of the Kyle Bradish injury because I still think the Orioles are good and they're competitive. But I'm in this weird place where I, I, I don't think it's wrong to suggest that the totality of what they have pitching-wise probably isn't quite enough to win a World Series right now. And I'm actually oddly more concerned about the bullpen than I am the starters at the moment. And you went and got Corbin Burns, who's only here for one year. So you you kind of were saying this year has to matter. I, I feel like it requires them to do a little bit more once they went out and got Corbin Burns dealing with these injuries. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And, you know, I, I've been on here enough times for you guys to know. I think um, I, I've been begging for the Orioles to do something for – a year and a half at this point, and they finally did it. They finally went and made the Corbin Burns move, which I felt was um, like really a necessity for this team. It's so ready to compete and be good. But, you know, the, the thing is, once the calendar turns to October, it becomes a different sort of ball game. And winning in the playoffs, there's a, there's a recipe that works, and it's having some studs in the rotation and, a, and at least a serviceable bullpen. So I, I really liked the the rotation the way it was um, with with Burns, Bradish, and and Rodriguez. Um, but once Bradish goes down, and look, I, I know I, I know there's some optimism and some things being said, and it's a sprain, not a strain or a tear. But man, I get worried sick anytime I hear anything with the UCL, yeah. and uh, it just it almost feels like once you start hearing anything with a UCL for a pitcher, it almost feels like a ticking time bomb. Um, and I, and I hope that's wrong. I, I hope he ends up coming back and pitching, but I, I still feel like, and, and literally in, in um, the, the show of mine that just came out yesterday, I talked all about the Orioles and, and their situation. And I just feel like even before the injury, they were in a perfect position to go get a guy like a Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. And now it almost feels like the same necessity it felt like with getting a Corbin Burns. And then if Bradish does come back, then you have a perfect you have a perfect rotation, and then you can slide somebody into the bullpen that will probably need a little help come October. So it, it does feel like something needs to be done for of course, sure. Of course, that show is the Flippin' Bats podcast, and you can check that out. But I, what you just said... I'm all in on Jordan Montgomery. Let's let's work under the assumption that they they can't spend that much money yet until the new ownership is in place. Although that should be, it feels like any day now, any week now, whatever that is. Um, it, can they piece their way through? Like, would it make sense for them to say, "Hey, if we wait on that, let's sign Michael Lorenzen to at least throw more innings at this problem, allow Tyler Wells maybe to go back to the bullpen." Because I, I keep coming back to the bullpen as the area where, like, how are you not concerned? You don't have Felix Batista. You don't have D.L. Hall. 
Yanir Cano was a shell of himself by the end of the season, and I know that Craig Kimbrell pitched well, but are you counting on that this deep in his career that Craig Kimbrell is going to be that guy? I'm I'm still uncomfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the bullpen is still a, is still a question mark. And look, I I, I don't think, uh, and, and you said it earlier, the Corbin Burns move to me was finally a full pedal to the metal because of the contract situation, right? He, he has one year on his deal. And aside from whether he gets re-signed or extended by the Orioles or, or not, the fact that he does have one year and they went after him says that they are all in on this year. And, and as it sits right now with the way the pitching is set up, they're, they're not a team that is ready to win a World Series, in my opinion. And that's because of, uh, I, I think they needed Braddish to be Braddish, last, uh, the, the Braddish of last year, and now you lose him. And then that really, it just moves everybody up, right? Everybody. And I'm not concerned about Grayson Rodriguez. I'm not concerned uh, about um, some of the other guys in that rotation, right? Like Dean Kramer is perfectly capable of scooting up and eating some innings. Um, but where it does affect things is the guy that you have to slot into the five spot. And by the way, John Means as well. So the guy that you have to slot into the four spot, the five spot, the guy that you have to take away from the bullpen. So then you get to, let's say you get to October and let's say Bradish is back. But then what are you doing with, with the bullpen? Who are you sliding there? So there, there are question marks, and I feel like there became – even more question marks with this radish situation. And I, I, again, I hope he pitches this year. I hope everything's okay. And he dominates again. And then the Orioles are in a really good place. But as it sits right now, there's just a lot of question marks that can either be answered by crossing your fingers and hoping that everybody comes back healthy or can be answered before the season starts on, on March 28th by going out and getting some help that I think is desperately going to be needed. And then if Bradish comes back, you're in an even better position, right? Yep. Imagine yep. a guy like a Jordan Montgomery or a, or a Lorenzen that comes in and fills in perfectly. And let's say Bradish comes back, then, then you're in a, a great position. Then you combine everybody and, and then you're in a really good place. And then you add depth. And that's what ends up winning in October is a rotation with a two, three studs at the top and a bullpen that can at least get you some outs to the back end and get you to your closer. And I don't feel like right now the Orioles are set up like that, but I don't feel like they're far off at all. Ben Verlander with us on GCR. It's hilarious to me when somebody says, well, then you'd have too many starting. Like, no, there is no such thing. That is not an actual problem. You have created that in your mind. That is not real. Um, ben, there was a report out of the Miami Herald that the Orioles had been poking around on Jesus Lazardo. Uh, but they balked because the Marlins asked for Samuel Basayo. And look, Samuel Basayo, some people think, could be the number one prospect in baseball um, a year from now. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a, he'd have to take a step. But, you know, given how good he is so young, I understand it. I guess my more broad question is, if it's not Montgomery, if the problem is the money, is it time to be willing to say we can't, we, we can't just constantly hold on to everyone? And, yes, they did deal Joey Ortiz, but that was almost – like they, they were forced to because Ortiz was 26 and was still playing in the minor leagues. They didn't have room for him. They, they, they had to move on from that. But is it time to say, hey, if this is the cost, and I don't know if Lazardo is the right guy or not, but he's been good, um, is it time to say, hey, if it costs us a big price, 
we, we've already got these guys here. We can't just keep trying to hold on to every single one of them. Yeah, well, th- this, is where, um, this is where the Mike Elias blueprint comes into play, right? Like this is what he did in, in Houston with a, with a lot of uh, top dra- draft pick talent and a farm system that over the course of them being really bad and losing hundreds of games over the course of three, four years, built up a farm system and then it became time to go all in. And to be honest, the, the Justin move in 2017 for the Astros feels very, very similar to the Corbin Burns move. Now mm-hmm. it's finally an omission. It's finally like a, we're ready. Let's do this. But then it just becomes a tricky situation of, okay, we are in a really good place where we made this move, our farm systems in place. And I, I do think I, I think the question becomes like, are you, are you trying to win right now in the next two years? Are you trying to win the world series this year? Or are you trying to have an open window for a decade? And that's where, that's where things get tricky because it's not often that you can win over the course of a decade. Now he, he proved it. He proved that he can build it with the Astros and they've become one of the most dominant. It's, it's been one of the most dominant decades in the history of baseball for Houston. And that writing is very, very clearly on the wall for the Baltimore Orioles to be able to do that. But I have, during the season, I have John Smoltz on my show every single week. And, and he's a guy that obviously the Braves 14 in a row and that window, and they ended up winning one in all of those years. And he's very much so like, look, you never know how long the window is going to be open. If you are able to win and he he specifies like, don't trade the whole farm, but if your window is open, go for it. It's about winning a championship when you feel you are able to. And I, I do feel like with the number one farm system and plenty of talent down there, you don't have to trade the farm system to get better, but you are at a position where you can maybe trade a few pieces to be able to make your team currently that much better. And I, I, I really would love to, to see the Orioles be able to do that. They've been blessed with enough good draft picks that have come up and proven themselves, but prospects aren't always that way. Prospects are suspects until they come up to the big leagues and, and prove it. Um, so, and I feel like they have all of the talent in the world down in the minors and an ability to make some trades to make this team uh, a little bit better. Again, doesn't have to be your one through five prospects, but Start making some moves to, to help this team that is ready to win a World Series. The excitement about Lazardo in specific is much like Dylan Cease, the control, but is, is he that guy? Like, is he really a, a top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher, or is he a guy that had one really good season and still has a lot to prove that that's actually who he is? Well, I think there's the, the, the question becomes, well, how's he going to mature in terms of pitching-wise? He has top-of-the-rotation stuff. Yeah. There's no question about that. Jesus Lazardo has ace-of-a-staff-type stuff. Um, he's still young, so it's how does he mature as a pitcher. And I think uh, a pitching coach is a big part of that. I think being in a rotation right now with a guy like Sandy Alcantara and with the Orioles being in a rotation with a guy like Corbin Burns does does wonders for a guy like that, as well as, as his pitching coach. So, um, you know, you'd rather, you'd rather have this stuff than the opposite, right? Like you'd rather start with ace of the task staff type stuff and then hope he matures into that kind of pitcher. 
as opposed to having a guy that has the makeup of an ace on the mound and the pitchability, but maybe just lacks the stuff. You'd rather start from that, from the opposite and work your way into becoming an ace. And I think he, I, I think he has the ability to be able to do that. Uh, and I hope he's able to become that guy because man, he is just a massive lefty that throws hard with disgusting stuff. I, I think he's really good. And, and to the point we were talking about earlier, let's say it, it let's say in a, in a world in which he gets traded this year to the Orioles, let's say that stuff remains nasty. He's just not the most, the, the best, most reliant starter all year. Well, then guess what you can do in the playoffs. You can use a guy like that, like Andrew Miller was used in Cleveland for years to get the bridge, the, gla- the gap from six, seven, eight, and just get to the closer in the ninth. There's just so many more options. And like we already said, there is never too much starting pitching on a roster. No doubt about that. Um, in, in the meantime, if Kyle Bradish is going to be out, then the spotlight kind of goes to Grayson Rodriguez. And I guess the question is, how how ready do you believe, Ben, Grayson is to step up and solidify himself as truly the top of the ace type of pitcher that we believe he has the talent to be? I think he's ready. I, I, I'm very, very high on Grayson Rodriguez. I think the second half of the season last year um, was – Really all I needed to see. I was already high on him, uh, just stuff-wise. He was still obviously and still is very young, but I think he he figured something out. And I think the best thing that could have happened to his career um, is is Corbin Burns coming over to the team. Corbin Burns is a Cy Young winner, one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. And to have a guy like that, um, look, I, I know... The Bradish injury is is frustrating, and it just creates more question marks. But, man, a Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez, one, two of a rotation is absolutely disgusting. Grayson Rodriguez is going to learn a lot from Corbin Burns. I think he's going to get better and better. I think he has Cy Young-type stuff. I think he has a Cy Young coming in his future at some point. I, I really do think he's ready. I'm really, really excited to watch him pitch this year. All right, Ben Verlander. We uh, we believe that uh, that's possible, and we certainly like hell hope that that's correct. Um, ben, the team that's not getting enough attention before I let you go, the team that's not getting enough attention going into the season that you believe is on the cusp of making a serious jump in 2024 is uh, team that's not getting a lot of attention that I think is going to make a serious jump. I'll go with the um, man. My heart wants to go with the Detroit Tigers, but wow. I don't think they're there quite yet. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I think the Reds. I think the Reds are. Um, if you look at projections and stuff right now, the Reds are right there around the three to four spot in the NL Central. Uh, I, I think they're going to be really good. I, I think they. I think the offense is going to really come around. They're very young. I think Ellie's going to have a really good year. I think Ellie's going to start to establish himself as a future star in this league. Uh, I think they they added some necessary pitching. I still don't think they're they're complete yet in a, as a pitching rotation, right. but uh, I think they can be serviceable. And I think the Reds could be potentially a playoff team. I really do. I, I get it. The talent is overwhelming. It's it's all there. I think the question is the pitching. But, um, look, obviously it doesn't hurt to have a Hunter Green in the mix. So I 
they're intriguing. They're certainly a team that I'm going to be excited to watch during the course of the season. And I know everybody wants to jump on the Royals bandwagon, and they did make some shrewd kind of under-the-radar pitching moves, but it still seems like not – it still seems early to me for the Royals, right? Well, to me, th- that's a team I, – I want to give a ton of credit to a team like the Royals who loses – a hundred games the year prior, and this is and it's you. You mentioned Dylan Cease a little while ago. Dylan yeah. Cease is coming on uh, Flipping Bass on my show tomorrow, mm. and we we talked about mm. we talked all about the state of baseball, and we got on a conversation about the pitch clock. And then I asked him what is something he would like to see, something else he'd like to see changed in baseball. And what he said was, I just I, I think I want more teams trying to win, and not in terms of players. I think we're all understanding that there are certain front offices that just don't buy in as much as they should. And we did end up talking about the Royals and how, yes, they lost a hundred games last year and is adding a few players and, and they added a good bit. Is that going to win you the division? Is it going to win you the world series? Probably not, at least not yet. But what it does is at least puts a product out on the field that fans can be proud of and at least put the product out on the field that can go out and win ball games on any given night. And it at least allows, allows some excitement when the, the Royals announce a new stadium in a surrounding area. And it just feels like that's what's like, there's a few teams out there that just aren't willing to do that at all. And it's not just the, the Oakland days that I'm talking. There's just other teams that it feels like never, okay, well, what's the point of adding five new guys to our team if it's going to net us 10 extra wins, that still doesn't win us the division. Well, that's not exactly the point. Just evening the playing field, putting a good product out there for fans to be proud of and something to look forward to. And I, I think the Royals deserve a ton of credit. And I'm going to say now they make the playoffs. I'm not going to say that. But I think they're going to be a competitive team. And that front office deserves a lot of credit for making a 100-plus loss team much, much better during the offseason. You didn't happen to ask Dylan Cease if he likes crab cakes, did you? <laughs> I did ask him about all the trade, the trade speculation. All I'll right. And we will look forward to that. That's the Flippin' Bats podcast. with uh, And that'll be available tomorrow, tomorrow, you said? Yeah, that comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow with Dylan Cease, who uh, a lot of people still holding out hope could end up being a Baltimore Oriole before all is said and done. At Ben Verlander, of course, is how you follow him. Ben, anything else I can plug for you, sir? Uh, no, all good, my friend. Always love coming on. Thanks for uh, thanks for plugging Flipping Bats like you did. It's going to be year year four of the show, and uh, as I, I think you know and hopefully a lot of people know, it's yep. just so uh, I talk about everybody and, and every team, and it's just a, a positive spin on the game of baseball, and, and I love it, and I'm really, really excited for this year, and I hope you guys uh, check it out. Ben, always appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. Of course. Thanks, man. Always love it. Ben Verlander with us here on GCR from Fox Sports. Some interesting thoughts. I, again, I, I'm trying to find the right way to say it because I don't want it to sound like I'm panicked. We had that conversation last week on the radio show. I'm not panicked about the Orioles. I still think that they're good as constituted. But you made the Corbin Burns move. I didn't. I would have. But you did. You made that move. Love it. But it's a one-year move. At the moment, we wanted to believe that that was enough. But with the Cal Bradish thing lingering, and my concerns that I still had, I had bullpen concerns 
when I thought Tyler Wells could help there. Now I'm almost in the... I don't. Again, I'm not going to say panicked, but like serious concerns about the bullpen. Why make the Burns move for one year to not follow it up with anything? And again, you can say, well, they have time. They, they do. They do have time. And there is certainly likely to be somebody who is an internal option. We joked about the banner writing about Wanda St. Charles the other day, but like I get it. There's going to be someone who is not on our radar that's going to overperform, and we're going to look back in three months and say, wow, where did that guy come? Like That's going to happen. It happens for almost every team, but particularly a team like this that appears to have some sort of special sauce when it comes to getting more from pitchers. But they need more than one of those guys. It's, it's just incongruent to me to make a move for a one-year player and not follow it up with, and here are a couple of other things we're going to do to fortify it because this year has to matter. Or else, why'd you go get, quote, quote, go get Corbin Burns? And I get it. It's not always World Series. That's not the only prism. But it shouldn't be far off from that. I'm not asking for. I, and we laugh, like I almost laughed when he said, "Well, if you go get a Jordan Montgomery or a Michael Lorenzen, well, those, those are two very different things, clearly." But I would, I would at this point live with Michael Lorenzen because it's at least acknowledging the issue. Now, there's a bit of a hole, yeah. Yeah, how far does it go to solve it? That's a completely different conversation. Getting no hitter, Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great, right? The guy from the first half of last year was really good. Um, and and at this point, I don't even know that it does bump Tyler Wells back to the bullpen. I, I would think that Cole Irvin would be the first guy to go. Like, if Cole Irvin can help in the back end of the bullpen, let's talk about that, right? Like, I I still think that adding another bull, I, I, no one is going to be inspired by adding Ryan Stanek. No one's going to say, well, that was the move. But it's acknowledging it. It's saying, we get it, we understand and we need to throw more things at the wall to see if they can stick. Everybody, uh, who is the cat that um, the angel signed that everybody was? Stevenson. Stevenson. Uh, yes. That was the guy, right, on the bullpen market. Would have been great to do that. Well, I guess Hater was the guy, but you know what I mean. That was the move. You didn't make that move. I still think you should make a move. Address the fact that, like, There's there's an issue there. Acknowledge it. Not just say, well, we hope everything works out. I think we've got to be able to be practical about this. They have time. I get it. The games don't start. The spring training games haven't even started yet. The real games don't start for still over a month. I, I do understand. I'm, again, I'm not panicked about it. But I can point out it's odd. I wouldn't feel the same way if the trade they had made was for Cease. Because that's a three-year window, right? They created this one-year prism when they decided that Burns was the guy. Again, all in, all on board. But Burns alone, particularly dealing now with this potential for there to be no Bradish, did not a World Series winner make. The bullpen thing was still real, 
it felt like you needed to deal with it when you had Tyler Wells in the mix. Now you don't even have that. It's it's relevant. It's a discussing it does not make me panicked or make me a bad person or I don't trust them or anything like that. It's just a conversation. That's all. All right, still to come today, we're going to chat with Gary Baxter, former Raven. He's doing something really cool. Um, I mean, really remarkable to try to help folks that need an advantage and doing it with energy affordability. I'm not sure I'm going to understand it because I'm stupid. But I'm going to let Gary Baxter explain it to me. It's a really cool thing that a former Baltimore Raven is doing. So he'll join us here in a minute. Today's show also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. What's going on at Live Casino and Hotel, Griff? Uh, sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel is the place to be this weekend and really every night uh, because it is the ultimate spot to watch your favorite teams and sports on the massive 100-foot media wall. You can order up your favorite game day bites and take a sip from the signature crushes and extensive beer selections, all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adderoto Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. That was the same. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Coming back in here with Glenn and the other guy, uh, uh, Garrett, whatever his name is. You know who they are. If you missed it, Stan the Fan Charles and Luke Jackson got together with UMBC baseball coach Liam Bowen earlier this week. You can find that show, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. We didn't uh, talk about the, the Zay Flowers thing at the top of the show. I still don't know how much there is to say. The word is that the investigation is suspended because, I mean, I, I get the, the speculation will be because the alleged victim will not cooperate. And I think we've seen situations like this play out a lot. I don't know what happens next. I get that the totality of the situation make it seem like it's unlikely that like the that Zay Flowers would be released or heavily penalized. But I don't know that the NFL can do nothing either, and the Ravens can do nothing. I, I don't know how they handle this. It's it's an awkward situation to be in. I've said before, it's an awkward spot to be in to try to go around the legal system. The commissioner has been given the ability to make unilateral decisions, and it will be interesting to see if he chooses to do something or if they say, well, there's just there's just not enough evidence for us to do anything with. In the end, a phone call was made to Massachusetts police in which there was an allegation that an NFL player assaulted a woman. There is something there, and I don't know what the NFL or the Ravens do about that. And we will see. I don't have a strong opinion to offer. I think it's a very difficult situation to deal with. We will see. So that's all I've got. Um, I don't think it's a day of celebration. I don't think it's anything along those lines. I I hope um, for the best for the parties involved. That's, That's all I can give you. Let's switch gears. Joining us now here on GCR, man, one of our favorites. Uh, this guy was a great guy to cover as a Baltimore Raven. He was a lot of fun to watch play. And, of course, on uh, top of that, he was involved with a pretty significant moment in uh, Raven Steelers history as it was his fault that we ever got Ben Roethlisberger after he took out Tommy Maddox years ago. Now he's doing something really amazing um, for folks that need some help in the fight against poverty when it comes to energy affordability. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program former Raven, Mr. Gary Baxter, who's with us now here on GCR. Gary, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Gary, I this is fascinating to me. NPAC, the Energy and Poverty Awareness Center. I, I guess take me back, like, when was did this, something like this get on your radar? How did you get involved? Why did this become something that you wanted to make a part of your life? Well, so it goes back to the winter storm Yuri back in 2021 down in Texas. 
when, you know, we had a one-of-a-kind blizzard, and it froze everything. It froze everything from uh, windmills to solar panels to everything on the grid was froze, and I was without power for seven days without water, power, and natural gas for the seven days. And at that point, I realized that something was, like, terribly wrong, and I was that's what got my attention and said, what can be done? What can we do? And just trying to figure out, you know, who suffers from uh, a loss like this. And, and, and the impact was uh, very devastating. And so that's what got me involved in this. And that's what made us uh, come up with impact and form it and develop it and uh, try to uh, get it out to help people. My, but hang on, Gary. I thought everybody was just able to run off to Cancun that week and, and avoid that. <laughs> you weren't? No, I, I, I kid, of course. I kid. Um, so, so diving in, what is NPAC, and, and, and how do you go about trying to address this inefficiency? Well, Impact is Energy Poverty Awareness Center, and basically it is focused on uh, reliability and affordability uh, for minorities, especially in minority communities, because minorities are 43%, you know, impacted by uh, the, the power and just loss of energy. And then you have a lot of minority communities really get disconnected from power because they can't afford it. Uh, it's very, you know, this is just uh, the energy cost is, is too much. And one of the things that we want to look at is how do we lower the energy cost? How do we have reliable and affordable energy as we make uh, energy transition? And so we, we have to factor in all of these things, uh, you know, and we don't want a repeat of winter storm Uri to happen to any community, uh, yet alone, uh, especially in the Baltimore, Maryland area. This is really fascinating to me. Gary Baxter is with us here on GCR. So, so how? I, 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 this is going to sound like such a dumb guy question because I don't, I don't know. How do we go about? Like, it seems like you're fighting against the establishment, right? Like you're fighting against the the number of times that we have dealt with this and the rising energy costs, and there's just there's no competition. There's nothing that we can do. How do you go again about fighting against something like this? Well, it's about having more options. We need uh, we need energy options, and we need proven energy options, right? And so, having more options, uh, you know, and what does that look like? You know, from a power generation standpoint, you know, I believe that we should have uh, as many energy options as possible to one that where it's reliable and affordable, and then and then for the for the case that we can actually see that it is making a difference in the community. So I, I'm okay with wind, solar, you need natural gas, you need, need those options, more options on the table. And those options that you have on the table can be uh, uh, make it to where it is reliable and affordable and not just one size fit all. But how do you, as we make energy transition, how do you make those reliable and affordable options affordable? And the only thing I can say is, we need more energy options. And, and then if you have, you know, it, energy has to be consistent. If you don't have consistent energy, then the cost of energy goes up. Yeah. And so having inconsistent energy and uh, more energy options is how you fight the energy poverty. 
I'm assuming that the answer isn't that like you recreate that Lance Armstrong Sports Center commercial where you go down on a bike in the basement and you provide you're just so athletic still at this point in your life you provide the energy for everyone by riding the bike hard enough, right? Well, that's going to cost you an awful lot if you want me to do that. <laughs> I, I can make it happen, but it's going to cost you an awful, awful lot. Um, I know you came back to um, this area and you were in Annapolis as you were sort of unveiling um, NPAC and this, the nonprofit. Why, why back this way? Um, you mentioned that this started from you being down in Texas and what happened there. Why come back here? Is it because that this fight has to go to Washington? Well, more so that, yes, it's there. And also, you have a lot of minorities there. And the minority communities are the ones that I'm really worried about. And, and it's going to get affected in this energy transition as we do this. I mean, because the brownouts and the blackouts are not going to happen to where people are actually paying the bills. They're going to happen to where people are more likely getting disconnected more two times, two and a half times more than other people and that is the minority communities that are getting disconnected and that's and that's something that you don't really hear people talking about and and if you don't have power you really don't have anything you set you set you set a lot of people back the people that are needing power that that you know have medical issues and 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 then when you look at the communities of the kids if they don't have power you set them back from learning and um, just having the quality of life and so as we make the transition to energy, uh, I, I want to make sure that we keep the conversation at the forefront of making sure how we have reliable and affordable power and, and, and not just say, uh, you know, it's only a certain amount of energy sources of generation that we can have because it, it, that's going to really hurt and crush our communities. And the last thing I would say, you, you, no one can ever predict Mother Nature. So with that being said, we need to, you know, when I went into a game, we didn't go into a game with one or two plays. We had a lot of audibles, and we had things that bagged up, and we had things that, you know, if one thing didn't work, then we had a bag up. And so are we doing the same thing with our power system? And what is our backup system or our backup plan? Because you can never plan for Mother Nature. But more importantly, that if power does get cut off, it's going to affect the minority communities. And so I really want to emphasize, you know, I, I think that we need to have uh, more options, energy options. What does that look like? And, and, and as we make a transition into cleaner energy, but we also make sure that we keep at the forefront reliable and affordable energy, because if not, it is going to impact our communities. And last but not least, what we saw down in Texas after the winter storm, Uri, we saw it was almost 290-something deaths uh, within a span of seven days. So that is very, that is something that is very at the forefront of my uh, agenda and mine and want to make sure that people understand that, you know, this is, this is serious and this is something that we don't want to happen, yet alone in any communities, especially in the minority communities. Gary, I hear it in your voice as you talk about this, and I know that you've been involved as an entrepreneur following your playing career. Do you do you find this like being like a competitive juices thing? Like I'm solving this problem drives me the way that playing football once upon a time drove me. Well, it is. It's, you know, it gets me fired up. You can hear my passion, and I and I and I guess the whole purpose of creating the impact is let's have the conversation. Let's bring everyone to the table. 
and, and let's come up with a creative energy plan that we can all benefit from and we can all be advanced from and, and not have to worry about. This is America. We should not have to worry about rolling brownouts and blackouts when we could put a man on the moon. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is the most silliest thing there is, but we got to have the conversations because, you know, if you don't have the conversations, then these things will not happen. And so my goal is to have conversations, bring both everybody together and say, okay, what does our energy solutions look like here and our options? And also everybody wants to have a bag up redundancy plan. Why wouldn't you? Because if you don't plan for it, then you send yourself up for failure. So should we, is this the part where we call out Roethlisberger and say it's time for you to step and make a donation because, you know, he never would have been himself if it weren't for you? Like, is this the... Is this the moment where we say it's time, you know, like you, you, you owe it a little bit. Let's make a donation to impact, impact Big Ben. And, and, and let's also add dinner for life for Gary Baxter. Okay. <laughs> I feel we need like to add that on there too. I feel like that's not too much to ask, right? The man owes his entire career to you. Uh, you know, I'm just asking for a little bit. Dinner won't be that expensive. Uh, you know, no less than three hundred dollars, Ben. I mean, I made you a lot of money. I made him a lot of money. I love that. Uh, Gary, how can people find out more about MPEC and the work that you guys are doing? Well, so you can actually go to the website, which we are uh, getting ready uh, to launch uh, in about a few more days. We're getting okay. some more stuff. But MPAC.org, E-N-P-A-C.org, and you can get involved. There's going to be, uh, you know, we, we're going to, we're getting the website ready to where we want to hear people what you think. We want comments, newsletters, and just really get involved on some of the projects and start the conversation. Let's have the conversation of making sure that as we go forward in the future, that we're thinking of all options and making sure that the, the two things that are very important is reliable and affordable energy. Uh, this sounds like a no-brainer to me, and I, I think that it's a wonderful thing for you to commit to, and I'm not surprised, knowing everything we know about you, that you're throwing yourself wholeheartedly at something that can help so many people. Uh, Gary Baxter, everything else good with you, man? Uh, life all right? Life is great. As uh, you know, I cannot complain. It wouldn't do me no good. I don't think anyone wants to hear me complain. But overall, every life is great. I thank God, and everything is good, and I just want to continue to help people wherever I go. I know you're still uh, rooting for the Ravens. I saw you talking to the TV station down in Texas a couple weeks ago. That, that was a bummer. That was a real bummer. Uh, yeah. that was a... I was actually at the game. Uh, you I'm really? always going to root for it. I was at the game. I had some. I had to go there. Um, I was there, and, you know, it was it was a bummer. I'm always going to love the Ravens. You know, those are my, they, they're in my heart forever. Uh, and you know what? Oh, we just got to gear back up. We got to go back at it again. And, you know, we've got to keep chopping wood, and we got to get there again. But I really wanted us to be in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, not just be there, but win the Super Bowl. But the Ravens, uh, you know, they've got a great team, uh, and we keep Lamar healthy. I think that we have a great chance. Defense is solid. Look, man, it was a huge disappointment because this team seemed to have everything, like, right in front of them in order to go. to. But, like, at the same time, to what you just said, if they've got a healthy Lamar Jackson next year, like I, I believe they're going to have a chance because that, that's the that's the water you swim in when you have a player of that ability on your team. You got that right, and I look forward to it. And I think the defense is going to be solid again. And so 
Uh, and, you know, don't count the Ravens out. Count them in, and I'm pulling for them 1,000%. And so we got to be Super Bowl bound. We was, what, one game away? Yeah, one game away. One game. Oh. I know. It was very disappointing. But that's what makes sports so great, right? That's what makes everyone, it brings everyone together, makes it great. And, you know, it just gets the fans excited for the next year. And uh, I'm rooting for them again. And I hope they have uh, better success than last year. Uh, that means we at the Super Bowl. Kind of sick of uh, Patrick Mahomes winning all of them, too. Kind of sick of that. Over over it. Let's mix it up. Gary Baxter, um, seriously, uh, good on you, and we will continue to support and anything we can do to try to help get the word out about what you're doing because we love this, man. Um, support MPEC and trying to bridge this gap for communities that need affordable power and more options, frankly, in order to make it more affordable. Gary, thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Let's chat again soon, all right? All right, thank you. Take care and uh, have a great day, Maryland. Thank you, sir. Gary Baxter, former Baltimore Ravens cornerback, famously took out Tommy Maddox all those years ago, set everything into motion. Um, it's wild. Like, it's wild. It's not a topic, obviously, that we're going to discuss much on the show. It's not something that I can pretend like I know a whole heck of a lot about, but his point, like, what happened in Texas should not happen somewhere else. Agreed. Agreed. I'm far too stupid to be able to try to figure it out. But Gary's a smart guy, so I appreciate the fact that he's throwing himself at it um, because I trust him a whole heck of a lot more, and I am all in favor of there being more competition within the energy like, I think every single person has felt this. It's extraordinary, and we're like, and we don't have options. And I would say, you know, I'm certainly not wealthy, but I'm not in the, you know, the lowest end of of this conversation. So if I feel that, my God, what it must feel like in those communities. So completely get it and uh, support what it is that Gary Baxter's doing. Hey, if you think you know high school basketball, go to CountySportsZone.com where you can pick the winners and earn points to see where you stand on the leaderboard. It's only at CountySportsZone.com presented by your local Toyota dealers. Uh, continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill. The, the food is outstanding. The wings, the burgers, the ribs, the cauliflower. The cauliflower wings. I've told you a million times. Oh, it's a meal. Sometimes you go somewhere, you ask with the cauliflower wings. You're like, oh, this is, you know, a side. Their cauliflower wings, outstanding. Put that Korean number two sauce on them. Go get yourself a Goose Flights Lager while you're there. Mm. Goose Flights Lager available in cans at uh, every location that Glory Days Grill has here in the state of Maryland. Also available in cans at... Alonzo's, Cold Spring Lane, and Roland Park. Available in cans at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton. Available in cans and six-packs at Costas Inn, as well as Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Available in six-packs and cases at the Wine Source in Hamden. Find all those locations. Pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights in case you ever forget. 198 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation and the work they're doing to provide non-emergency medical transport to those in need. Goose Flights, go get yours today. All right, um, I think we covered everything. We'll go ahead and get a tidbit. Uh, yeah, I believe. Tidbit is brought to you today by 
Uh, you know, we are just talking about how you can get goose flights yeah, at the exactly. Green Turtle. So, yeah, let's talk and, more about the Green Turtle. And you can make some money at the Green Turtle. Maybe if you uh, played my uh, UFC parlay, you would have uh, made oh. a couple extra dollars oh. with your free $10 oh. bet at, over at the Green Turtle as uh, Robert Whitaker and... Uh, yeah, bet all the favorites. Well, I mean... Bet all the favorites. Ian Gary, they, they were going to win, and they did. So, and Marat, that was a, it was a good parlay. Uh, but if you do use your $10 bet over at the Green Turtle Sportsbook, you can use... You get a $10 bet every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. And you can use it on whatever you would like and experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. So go check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free bet and make some money while enjoying some food and sports uh, tomorrow night, every Thursday, at the Green Turtle. What you got? Um, all right, I'll do a quick, uh, so we'll finally put Pres- President's Day behind us. Uh, they did have, uh, NHL saw something that's only happened once ever in history, uh, as JT Miller and Sean, uh, Monahan, Monahan of Winnipeg and JT Miller of Vancouver, both scored hat tricks, uh, for their teams. Uh, but however, they did lose by three goals, each of them, hmm. separate teams lost I by three I would say goals. that's interesting if I thought it was. Second time that's ever happened uh, that, that multiple players scored a hat trick and their teams sure. lost. Sure. Last time was March twenty fourth, nineteen ninety. Ah, that was. Do you remember where you were? I, ah, yes, I was se- seven, six. I was. I didn't turn seven yet. Okay. I was and you six. were like, "Wow, these guys are scoring a yeah, lot." Yeah, all these goals. I believe, if I remember correctly, it was Sergey Fedorov and Mike Richter. Uh, close. It was. Uh, no, he was Ste- a goalie. Why would I say that? It was Stefan Richter. 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 I, I couldn't tell you. And Paul McLean. Ah, sure. St. Louis. If you say so. In Montreal. Right. Um and then uh, oh I like so I liked what we were doing when we were trying to call the uh the, the top running backs uh, so I went to PFF and uh, I want to see if you can name their top five graded running backs from 2023 top five graded running yeah backs. so like rushing grade like strictly rushing grade these Just are rushing grade yes well, there were five guys that scored 90 plus according to PFF uh on their rushing grade I'll still say McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey was top five he was number five number five. Um, who had a really good year? Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams was number four. Okay, they they said that three guys ran the ball better than those two. Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry was eighth. Mm. Yeah, that's it. No good. Scratch him off the list. He is uh, Pacheco. Shot. Uh, no, not Pacheco. Harris. Where did they put Pacheco? Pacheco was sixteenth. Not Harris. Najee was well. Jalen Warren was twelve. They yeah. graded him by better than yeah. better than Najee. Yeah. I'm I, I don't know. Najee uh, was twenty-eight. Mostert. Raheem Mostert. Uh oh, he was number three. Hey. All right. Cooking with gas now. Uh, Kamara. Uh, not Alvin Kamara. He was. He's much lower down. Etienne. Not Etienne. Is it Etienne? Etienne? I, we had, I did a whole thing I know, about I know. that. I already I, forget. Yeah. 21 for Etienne. Barkley? Not Saquon. Gibbs. Not Gibbs. Achan. Devon Achan was their number one rusher number one. last wow. year. The 93.1 rushing grade. And number two. So I didn't put any uh, like Jones? minimum rushing oh. parameters on it. So Taylor, not Taylor. Minimum rushing. So it could have been somebody that played next to nothing. Well, he, well, it could have been, but he he played, J.K. Dobbins? he played seven games. Oh. It wasn't it was, it was. seven games. 
I got to remember who specifically played seven games. Specifically played seven games. Who got? I can't know. I, I don't know if this is somebody that came back from an injury or got hurt now. Seven Both, games. Actually. Both came back from an injury, then got hurt again. This is very difficult for me to try to remember who this is. He was seven a, games. You ready for it? Yeah. He was a Baltimore Raven. Oh, Keaton Mitchell, Keaton right. Keaton Mitchell was yeah. the number two graded rusher. He only had 47 carries, yeah. but uh, in those 47, they gave him a 92.5 rushing grade PFF did. So it feels I like think we're going to be fine. It feels like it shouldn't count. It feels <laughs> like that, that's kind of cheating. Uh, if we pull out, if we make it you know, at least 100 rushes, uh, James Conner enters the top five. Ah, all right. There all you right. go. I kind of forget he's a thing sometimes, honestly. Yeah. Well, he yeah, they gave him a lot of carries. The fantasy people are all in on De Mercado. Like they, they like De Mercado. So if you take out again, he he only had fifty eight rushes, but he was the number. He would be the number six rusher. It's wild. Uh, like the, the the fantasy people love him. It's crazy. De Mercado. I don't know, man. They're they're all yeah. Like, so this how did is, Arizona? Arizona had six and seven. Yeah, and the, they stopped, the rush, right? And they were terrible. All right, uh, here's coming up, Tubular Wide. It's brought to you by Superbook. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose from Superbook. Navy tonight, point-and-a-half favorites at Loyola. I think that's correct. I think I would go with Navy on the road tonight at Who Loyola. Who did Loyola beat? The, yeah, they they played, beat Lafayette, They've been right? a little bit better recently, but they're... Eh. Um, sign up superbook.com download the superbook app and again, use that code glennclark23 when you sign up you'll receive up to $250 in a same day first bet match so yes that game on ESPN plus tonight from Reitz Arena at 7 o'clock uh, Maryland women tonight against Rutgers at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network plus also the women's lacrosse team takes on Drexel at 4 o'clock on Big Ten Network plus Big Ten hoops tonight Illinois Penn State 630 on BTN followed by Nebraska Indiana at 830 all the rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT Flyers Blackhawks at 7.30. Bruins Oilers at 10. USA this afternoon, Liverpool and Luttontown at 2.30. Which always feels made up. Every time I see Luttontown, Luttontown like, there's no way that's a real thing. Luttontown? Luttontown? I don't know. I think it is. Um, more uh, Champions League this afternoon on the big CBS, Napoli and Barcelona oh, at 3 o'clock. And then on Paramount Plus, Porto and Ar- Why wouldn't they put the other game on CBS Sports Network? Like they, they got to play CBS HQ. Well, no, they need to sell advert. They need to get people to buy Paramount Plus. That's the answer. Uh, uh, Champions League Porto and Arsenal at three o'clock. TBS tonight for AW Dynamite at eight. Some non-sports highlights. And of course, at four o'clock, uh, Mount St. Mary's Navy Women's Lacrosse. Oh, on ESPN that's, Plus. That's where you're running out of here for. Yeah. Son of a bitch. What? <laughs> no, I'm rooting against everybody. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> A uh, new episode of Al- Abbott Elementary. Dolly Parton Griffin uh, altered the schedule for the day because he's like, I got, I, I got to go out to Emmitsburg. I got a thing. I'm like, oh, no, it's a, the wrong day for that. You can stick, uh, stick. Most with- days would be no problem. Today, it's a bad day for it. I'm sorry. Well, thank you. Things going on. I, I appreciate it. Go ahead. I can make Go it. ahead. Get to the thing. the big CBS is the place to to be, I guess, because Dolly Parton's Pet Gala is at nine o'clock. Can't miss that. I, I never have. I'm, I've never, never missed it. Never uh, Jeff Goldblum and Tyler James Williams will be on Jimmy Kimmel, um, and then uh, there's a new show called Constellation on Apple TV Plus. It looks like it's like a it looks Interstellar esque, and it's like a psycho thriller. There's sure. like a disaster on the International Space Station. 
Um, yeah, go check that out. Messi's World Cup, uh, like docu series. That's also on Apple TV Plus. And oh, season two of the Family Stallone on Paramount Plus as well. I wish I wish I liked that because I love Sly so much. But but I just it's it's the formula. I can't do it. I can't watch your stupid fake reality shows. I can't I can't watch them. I don't care if it was the most interesting person. The fake reality shows I can't watch. This is the most important day of the year. We're taking pictures. It's not fake. That's. That's true. That's you're trying to create strife. Well, it's okay. You're not watching that because the thing you are watching, Disney Plus, it is the final season of The Bad Batch. Star Wars, The Bad Batch. Yeah, I'm not the, watching that either. All the clones so. and their final adventures. First the, three episodes. The, the Jim 15 Rome, episodes. Like the Jim Rome fans? Clones. <laughs> I think Jim Rome got kicked off of CBS. Really? I don't know why. Like, uh, it's I, not, mean, like, I don't think they replaced him with anything. I think everybody got kicked off of CBS. I think CBS... Like, wants you to buy Paramount Plus while also slashing all of their content. Like, I think they got rid of Jim Rome. I think I saw they got rid of Adam Shine. Again, not that I've ever watched Adam Shine. Like, of all of the, like, New York things. Like, if you, if this is, it's the height of people in New York like this. So, we're telling you, you have to like it, too. And maybe he's fine. I've never, all I remember is him being a provocateur and just saying things for the sake of saying them. Maybe that's changed over the years, but it felt like the height of, well, he's popular in New York, so we're going to put him on the network. Like, nobody else in the country cares, man. Nobody knows who he is. I I never understood it. Jim Rome, at least, like, organically got a, gained a following over the years. Like, he I did understood the, that. the Chris Everett thing, right? That was, yes, that was, that was famously uh, Once Upon a Time, Jim Rome. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I saw that. Like, miss him. Like, the Super Bowl was, like, they brought him out there, they did a big deal, and then he was like, and this is it. I'm off CBS now. Like, okay. Whatever. Um, I, I'm not a Jim Rome guy myself, so uh, life will go on for me. All right, we good? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Ben Verlander. Thanks to Gary Baxter. And thanks to John Feinstein. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, so Kyle Stackpole will uh, we'll do a draft segment tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Stuff uh, and things. Fighting words. I guess I got another parlay mm-hmm. I have to give out. Okay, fine. Stuff and things is what we're saying. We got we got work to do, is what Griffin Indeed. meant to say. Work to be done. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Who's this? What's 774? What's that area code? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, my guess. Does it matter? Do I need to answer that call? 774? Maybe I don't It'll know. Be strictly, it is uh, Massachusetts. Ah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the oh, I got nothing. Worcester. Yeah, I don't know anybody in Worcester. I don't think. Thanks everybody, Press Box, all of our great sponsors and Fall partners, River. including who? Fall River. What's Fall River? That's also like the town. It's like a town. Area. Yeah, I got nothing. Everybody at the Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, AJ Michaels, Guilford All Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill. Your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Loyola or Navy. Go Maryland women. Duke sucks.